Body team, seven minutes past six. Thank you to Nick Majerison. I'm afraid for the first hour of this programme, I'm going to be up on the ceiling because I've had a lolly. And the sugar is kind of hit now. And that's generally a bad sign. And the reason it's generally a bad sign is because I generally get a bit carried away. Uh, and I say things. It's the old broadcaster's prayer which is, oh, Lord, help me to keep my big mouth shut until I know what I'm talking about. So there's a very good chance between now and seven you might get stuff that even I'm not expecting. Thank you for your Christmas cards, incidentally. Now the, uh, the postal system is, uh, is back to normal. Uh, I've received a load of cards which were posted quite clearly after Christmas. Although this one was posted on the 15th of December and has only just got here. Fifth, I mean, I don't know. I mean, most of my stuff got here really, really quickly. I do love the Moon Pig cards. I think they're really good, actually. I think I've never, I've never, I've never bought one. But when I first started getting them years ago, I thought they were great. So, Joni and Potter's Bar, thank you very much indeed. I'll just whiz through these quickly before because it's, it's New Year's Eve, and traditionally it's the time where most of you will be going out tonight to get hammered. Uh, I'm not. I'm staying in. I've discovered it's easier to stay in. I shall probably go out and get some food in, and uh, probably go and prop up my poor neighbour Lynn. Who, you know, times like this, she's she's prone to picking up the bottle. So I might have to keep her away from that. But I do get my cushions back for the settee today, so that's good news. Uh, Liz in Guildford, your card has just arrived in. Viv in Chelmsford, yours has only just arrived in as well. Amazing, isn't it, really, that all these cards sort of pop in. We will go through later with um, somebody from the Mayor's office with what you can do in London for today and tomorrow, of course, because tomorrow is the New Year's Day parade. And provided... You're all compass mentalists, you should go and enjoy that. But all the things which you've got, and if you've got an event which you're going to tonight, let us know about it, and we'll happily tell the rest of London. Uh, thank you to Linda in Wigan, who listens... We get people all over the place, don't we? Who listens to the programme every morning. Well done. If you don't listen, of course, you have to podcast the programme, which means you have to go to lbc.co.uk and learn how to podcast. Very cheap. For as little as £2 a month, you can download Nick Ferrari, Steve Allen, James O'Brien, James Max... And other shows, and you can do all of those, and you can keep them forever and ever and ever. I did laugh when I looked at the front page of the, um, of the Sun today when they said, Vinnie Jones signs for Big Brother for a million dollars. Uh, no chance. I mean, he might have signed for Big Brother. They're certainly not paying 680,000 quid, not to an old has-been like that. Vinnie Jones is put down in the Sun today as a film star. Um, he did Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, which was put together in little bursts because he was so dim. Then, on the back of that, if you remember, he was famous. He used to play football years ago, and he's very friendly with Paul Gascoigne. The son, who quite clearly run out of things to talk about, have said that Gazza may join him. I shouldn't think so. Gazza's history of illness, I'm afraid, would preclude him from appearing there, in the same way it would preclude Kerry Katona. Anybody who's got a mental illness does not, I'm afraid, go into the Big Brother house, because it could push them over the edge. It can't be that far away from somebody suing, saying, oh, look, you portrayed me in this way. Vinnie Jones, you'll suddenly realise, if he does go in the house, how boring he is. When they did the Vinnie Jones, you know we had the Osbournes, which was a very successful reality show. Admittedly, by series three, they'd started turning into the family you don't want to be anywhere near you because they were all foul-mouthed. Three-quarters of them have been in rehab, and they've got a father who doesn't even know what planet he's on. So they thought that they would sign somebody else up. So they did one with Vinnie Jones. And it got so desperate that Vinnie would be sitting at his little house in Essex and he'd be going, um, shall, shall I go to the shops or something? And they went, well, if that's what you'd normally do, then, then do it. And that's all he did. He didn't do anything. All this talk that Vinnie Jones was giving you, plenty of this, but I'm afraid very little action, of uh, all these Hollywood stars. It's a load of old bunkum. He lives in a total fantasy world. He's certainly not a Hollywood star at all. He's not even a film star. He's just sad ex-footballer Vinnie Jones, who quite clearly isn't working at the moment, who might need to go into Big Brother, probably for a fee of about 100,000 quid. 
Nowhere near a million dollars. They wouldn't pay that for an old has-been like him. They were saying Brooke Kinsella could go in, and so that could be uh, that could be quite good. I'm, I'm thinking Brooke Kinsella could go in. I, to be honest with you, I mean, I'd, I don't really know enough about her. It's just she's appeared on television, and we've talked about knife crime, and, and that's it. Whether that warrants you going to the Big Brother house now, I've got no idea, but pre- pre- presumably somebody within the uh, overriding structure of the whole programme, goes, yeah, well, let's, let's put her in there, because she can raise some money for charity, and it'll be quite good. I'd quite like to see Piers Morgan in there, then you'd realise just how boring he is. Having seen the trailer yesterday for Piers Morgan Goes to Las Vegas, yawn, 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 I'm afraid. Uh, as I said yesterday on the programme, we've all been to Las Vegas. You don't need... It's just big hotels, lots of gambling... Loads of hookers working every hotel who take credit cards. We know because we did this donkeys years ago. Piers Dreary Morgan, I'm afraid, has only just come up with this. Let's do it. So we're flying on a helicopter and we're flying over the top of Las Vegas. Boring as heck. You go and get a travel documentary. Far more entertaining. Far more entertaining. Uh, Dan is lying in bed, thinking, how good is that? I've got no work till Monday. How lovely. Actually, I spoke to our security when I came this morning. Not back till Tuesday. It gets four days off. Do the overnights, then you get four days off. So not back. Grace and Miley, a very happy first birthday with all our love. First birthday. God, it seems like yesterday, doesn't it? We were talking about them being born and a year on. Ooh, time whizzes through a little bit too quickly, as far as I'm concerned. A little bit too quickly. Uh, they're also... And now it turns out... You remember Charlie Sheen's wife phoned up the police and they kept playing it on the television? Now it appears she wants to keep the marriage together. Isn't that odd? Why, why do women... And I remember talking to uh, the famous Erin Pitsy about this years ago. She set up a, a battered wives... Hos, uh, not a hospital, but a, a, a safe house, a haven, uh, down in Chiswick. And the amount of women who used to turn up there... That's why I could never understand why Cheryl Gascoigne, her, she of the woman who was beaten up by Paul Gascoigne, and then went back and then sold the story and then went back again... The one with the dreary daughter. Remember Bianca, who has no claim to fame whatsoever, as opposed to hanging on to the Gascoigne name, the one who was rude about her father, her stepfather. And then, strangely enough, she pops up on a Piers Morgan programme looking at Marbella, otherwise known as that naff place where chavs go. And she was talking about how what she and her friends love to do. This is, this is Bianca Gascoigne. This is the one who looks about five years old but has been a topless model and appeared on a load of NAF TV shows. She says, we love shaking up bottles of Cristal Champagne at $1,200 a pop, exactly, and spraying it over each other. Do you know, there are lies and then there's Bianca Gascoigne. No, you don't, dear. You're a bit Verve Clico, I think. In fact, probably not even Asti Spumante. But uh, whatever it is, you're pretty NAF and you don't do this stuff. Why are they living these peculiar... Own brand, <laughs> own brand stuff. Have you ever had own brand champagne? I went... Is it all right? Is it, uh, can you tell the difference? Between, oh, right. Because I don't think you could, but the trouble is, given the choice of giving somebody a bottle of... Uh, what did I give people this year? I gave them um, Laurent Perry. Oh, I didn't give to you, because you're not on the programme. Amanda did really well. I mean, like, really well. And uh, Laurent Perrier champagne, or Tattinger. And that's what I gave this year. Because it's about the right price. But then when I went into this particular off-licence, the bloke said, we have our own make... And it's, it's about half price. I went, oh, I can't really give that to people. You cannot give as a gift a bottle of bottoms-up champagne. I don't care what anybody says. It's just... It just doesn't look right. I mean, I know that Tesco's finest did really well, strange enough, in a taste test. It might be, but I could not have the courage of my convictions and give to, say, Paul Savory or John Warrington a bottle of Tesco's finest champagne as opposed to Tattinger. It just doesn't work. 
It's like there's a rumour that we're going to have a pound shop in Twickenham. That'll lower the standard of the area. So it brings loads of people. Of course, I'll be in there straight away. Because I love the pound shops, because they've got loads of stuff for a pound. And I think some of it's quite good. Most of it's diabolical rubbish, but they've got loads of stuff. But it just brings the wrong sort of people in. You know, we're trying to keep Twickenham fairly exclusive. We don't have all the riffraff that come in, thank you very much indeed, which seems to drag them in if we end up with a pound land. I'm hoping we might get a Sainsbury's or something like that in the high street. But uh, probably not to be. We'll end up with Poundland or the 99p shop. But uh, but that's why... Oh, sorry, run, OK. Um, taking a short break, and then the other side of the break, we've got more of it. It's because I've had the lolly, and when I've had the lolly, I can't, can't quite slow down, but I'm going to do my best this morning. News headlines, Tom Cheel. The Foreign Office says there's no evidence... D97.3. Nice to have your company. No. Nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. No, it's not. It's Steve Allen's breakfast. <laughs> you got me confused now. Start that with a lollipop first thing in the morning. Uh, anyway, it's New Year's Eve, and we will find out a little bit later where you can go in town. Although I suspect most of you will probably say, no, I'm going to stay in. I'm going to stay in tonight, Steve. I don't want to go out. Everywhere's terribly expensive. You'll be, there'll be drunks all over the place. It'll be vile. It'll be vi- if you're going to go to something, go to, you know, an entertainment or go to a theatre show or go to some firework and then get home early because it's just going to be horrible. I know that when I walk into Leicester Square tomorrow morning or stumble into Leicester Square, there's going to be drunks all over the place with people being sick. It's just a- why people can't drink sensibly. I've got no idea. I suppose because we've got, but used to be that we've got balmy licensing laws in this country. Now, people used to say, Oh, you've got licensing law. That's why people sort of try and drink as much as possible. And I said, no, 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 it's not that. It's just that, unlike any other country, we're not really educated when it comes to alcohol. So people stand in bars and they think that to have a good night, you've got to be drunk, and then you walk out and you're drunk, and that's it. And people will be getting into illegal minicabs. Actually, strangely enough, my, my driver, Mohammed, this morning, who everybody calls Ali. We've got no... We know that Ali's his middle name. It's Mohammed Ali Patel. But... I call him Mohammed, and his mum and dad call him Mohammed, but everybody at the cab firm and all his friends call him Ali, which is his middle name, except his sisters who call him brother. Only there's a special word for it, and I can't remember what it is now, it's gone. But uh, we were talking, he's actually working tomorrow night, he said, but strange enough, between 11.30 and 12.30, it'll go quiet. He said, and that's the time I'm going to nip home, see the wife, probably the children, but they might be asleep by that time, and then come back out uh, later, because he works through till, I think... Six in the morning. So it's, it's quite a long time, and it's double money. Same as Christmas Day, New Year's Eve is double money. And the one thing I, I said to him, I said, you, you better be really careful, because last year somebody was sick in the back of his car. He said, the worst thing was, the guy gets in the car, he said, and he's chatting away, he said, then he went quiet. He said, I could have understood if he'd said, listen, can you stop the car, I don't feel very well. He said, but he didn't. He was sick in the back of the car, and then just gets out and walks away. Which is appalling, because it then takes the car... Out of, out of commission for the night, when you, because nobody wants to get in a car like that, do they? Terrible. Uh, Johnny, this morning, Santa Steve, so the much-loved and respected interview of the decade, hosts a show which gives him a chance to flash his radiant smile and makes us chuckle with his sense of humour. Sadly, Alan Wicker not available to host the review of the year, which obviously meant a waste of one and a half hours trying to stomach Piers' embarrassed Morgan, being super smug and ill at ease. I presume he's liked in TV land, and we could be compulsive viewing for 2010. One burning question, what's the point of peers? Well, the one thing you will notice in the Las Vegas programme is, because he's had all his teeth done, he now... Smi- but he's naturally not a smiler. If you saw him in the Anton Deck show, he looks as miserable as sin. He looks about as exciting as a wet weekend in Bogner, which sometimes can be quite nice. But he's had all his teeth done, so when he's in Vegas, he smiles, but it looks so peculiar. 
Because Piers Morgan is not known as being a particularly attractive bloke, although I'm told over the years he's been very successful. For some reason, women seem to go for that little lost boy kind of look. Unfortunately, when it comes to interviewing, he's pants. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, Steve, did you see the state of Amanda Holden's lips on Piers Morgan Review of the Year? You see, you're all watching it. That's the interesting thing. Nobody likes him, but everybody's watching the programme. I'm very happy that Norman Barrett has got an award. And 99% of you will be saying, who's Norman Barrett? You should remember, because I mentioned him three days ago. He's the former ringmaster at Blackpool Tower Circus. And he's had a very famous budgie act for years and years and years. He's 74... He tours with Zippo Circus, and I think he's the first ever circus ringmaster to be honoured. So, well done to him. Also, the lady who invented um, the Ultimo lingerie, uh, Michelle Monet. She's also got an award. Uh, Cressida Dick. Couldn't quite get that one, but there you go. Uh, and over in uh, show business, my brother would be thrilled, Rick Parfit and Francis Rossi got OBEs. Long mocked as the original Three Chord Wonders. Although well, I did point out to somebody in the newsroom, I think they've gone up to five chords now, which is very good indeed. And also, very successful, most successful touring band last year, Status Quo. Very, very loyal fans, and they just stand there and they just rock backwards and forwards. Whatever you want. Uh, Jensen Button's got an award for driving very fast. I do it, we get speeding tickets. Uh, also, uh, who else have you heard of here? Actually, so many of these people you haven't heard of. Although you have heard, I'm assuming, of Patrick Stewart. Nicholas Heitner got knighted as well, the National Theatre Director, so well done to him. Uh, Channel 4 controller of film and drama Tessa Ross. Uh, Margaret Tyzak, Oscar-winning actress. Uh, Phila Lloyd, Craig Armstrong, the composer, and Jet Harris becomes an MBE. So well done, Jet Harris, who again we talked about... Yeah, it must be psych... I was going to say psychological here. I must be a bit psychic, because we talked about Jet Harris, because together with Tony Meehan, they wrote uh, a theme that I used for the Steve Allen Show many, many years ago which I think was just called Diamonds. Uh, I don't do any impressions of Jeremy Kyle when he's angry. I n- I've never done an impression of Jeremy Kyle. Why on earth I'd want to do an impression of, of a man who was described in one of the papers as King of the Gypsies for some strange reason. I watched the programme the other day. I can't watch it. I just cannot watch it. I find it as bad as watching the, um, Trisha. Trisha Goddard. Oh, God. Dear me. Absolutely appalling. Uh, eight... For eight for it. Actually, Muhammad Ali Patel, Steve. What a great name for a taxi driver. Map. M A P. He'll be thrilled. He'll be listening. Um, uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Every morning, says Bob, who quite clearly doesn't have any friends, poor soul, you tell us what you've given people for Christmas. Is it to show off? Winds you up, matey, doesn't it? Which I quite like, so that's good. Uh, celebrity boxing would sort them out. Kerry versus Jordan. Oh, dear, I don't think either could stand up in the ring, uh, I'm afraid. And Kate says, thanks for your tips about Benelin day and night. When I got it yesterday, slept fantastically. Oh, I'll tell you what we should be doing as well this morning. It's Thursday. We speak to Nathan Morley in Cyprus. So probably about... That's what time he gets up, actually. I don't know. Should we do... Is it half... Is it half past eight there now? Do you think he'll be up? I can't remember what time it is in Cyprus. We normally do him at 6.30. I think we do him at 6.30, which I think is then 7.30. So if we do him now... Try him after 6.30. Should try that. If, if, if you just go, oh, you know he's still in bed. Or suffering with a dreadful hangover. If you do get, hello, you'll know he's been uh, doing Cyprus television last night. Stephen Liz in Morden. Uh, Jim says, is there anybody you like? Don't like you. So, that, uh, so that's one person. There you go. But there again, nobody likes you, I hear. Uh, Martin says, can the LBC podcast be burnt to a CD? Yes. 
They can. Once you've downloaded them, you can do anything you like. You can listen in the car. Uh, Steve, I'm just off to Marbella and I'm not a chav. Yes, you are. If you're going to Marbella, it's NAFO territory. Marbella is Crook's Delight, isn't it? It's, put it this way, if Bianca Gascoigne goes there, it's NAFO territory. It's, unless you're well, well out of it, I'm afraid. Uh, Erica from Woking, thank you. And um, Jeremy in Gants Hill, very sorry to hear about Peter the Town Crier. Uh, met him on a few occasions. Once let, once let me ring his bell. There you go. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Ben in Clam. Uh, no. I don't think. It might do tomorrow. Might do tomorrow. John Warrington's in. Certainly not today. Heavens above. Most people are getting up early this morning for the uh, main reason the girls are going to rush to Topshop to go and buy the party frock for tonight and then sit at home with their hair, you know, with those heated ceramic things. And they'll be doing the hair, straightening it, putting on little micro dresses and uh, rushing out there and, uh, and getting legless and then sort of staggering around. They're bound, as I say, Leicester Square tomorrow morning will be just fantastic. Uh, Colin reckons that they give out these awards to anyone for no real reason. Well, they sit down. You know, you can nominate somebody for an award. It's not all the government all the time. You can write in to, uh, to Number 10's office and say, I'd like to give an award to Nick Ferrari. And they will then go, why would you like to give an award to Nick Ferrari? And you go, well, because I think services to broadcasting and stuff like that. And they will then decide, and based on that, they will then decide whether to give an award to Nick Ferrari. Because they're, they're open to offers. Every year, open to what you don't... I mean, you don't think they sit down and know half these people. No, they don't. They sit down and go, we better do some showbiz awards. OK, who's done well this year? Nicholas Heitner. Again, they've overlooked Brucey. It's almost done deliberately, isn't it? It makes you think whether or not somewhere in Brucey's past... He's not been complimentary about the government. Because they tend to have very long memories. Somebody will have written it down. If, for example, and I don't know if it's true, uh, Bruce has said something bad about, uh, about Labour or about uh, the Prime Minister or anything like that, they might go, well, we're not going to give it to him. So that, that's how it works. That's why I'm never going to get an award. Thank God. I always think if you, if you get an award, it's, uh, it's the worst thing you can ever get. 84850, uk. All your texts and emails between now and 10, and Nathan Morley a little bit later on as well. Plus, uh, we'll go through some more Christmas cards. I can't believe we're still getting Christmas cards in. But these ones posted... In fact, strange enough, one from Alicante posted on the 18th got here quicker than the one posted on the 15th. It's unbelievable, isn't it? But at least they arrive in, and we'll talk about those in a minute. LBC. This is LBC 97.3. Just seems so funny hearing Jenny Barnett saying the music came from Lady Gaga, <laughs> Taylor Swift. You just imagine, all of these will be on her iPod. She'll be listening to this stuff because she's hip and down with the kids on a Wednesday. Anyway, nice to have you company. Sarah in Loughton is actually starting to prepare the buffet for tonight. With family... Come on, a bit early, isn't it? A 20 to 7. Well, you just go and buy it in. They've done a review in one of the papers this morning, which we'll get around to later, on all the different party food. And, uh, and what it tastes like, and how quickly it is to, uh, to put together. Because you don't need to make anything nowadays. You just go out there, you buy trays of it, either in Iceland, or you go to Marks and Spencer's, and you buy four and pay for three, or something like that. And, uh, and they all do it. You just put it on baking trays, stick it in the oven, and it's done. It's as simple as that. It's not complicated. So I quite like that uh, idea. So th- save yourself the effort, Sarah. That's what I think. Uh, Bridget said David nominated Norman. Norman Barrett, so I'm very pleased about that. And he's pleased as well. He's got the award. Very good. Ian says, you said you use Scarlet O'Hara, not Diamonds. I use both. I use both. I've used loads of uh, different things, actually. Would you believe it, says Pat, Tesco were putting out Easter eggs. I don't know. 
I don't know. Do you think so? Uh, I agree. Marbella is rubbish. Why would you want to buy a holiday in a country full of villains? Well, actually, some people have got some quite nice homes there, but Marbella is absolutely naff-naff. It's, it, it always, you've only got to go around there to see it's a lot of people with naff-looking towns, looking a bit leathery. That's all I can say. Uh, thank you for the Benelin cough remedy, says Ronnie. I thought I was on my way to the graveyard. Ha, ha, ha. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, the one that phoned into LBC died, the town crier? Absolutely. He certainly did. Certainly did. Uh, and I nominate Charlotte Church. Actually, who would you nominate? Who would you nominate? And also, if you're going somewhere tonight, we want to know where you're going tonight. Or if you're like the rest of the country and you're staying in... Because you, you can't be bothered to go out. It's naff, isn't it? You get dressed up, you can't get home. Terrible. Um, big uh, Happy New Year to all the staff and patients of Spring Ward at Bethlehem Royal Hospital in Beckenham. I have to help them. Sorry, I have to thank them for helping me in my time of need. And, um, Sarah, I'm glad you got over that. They're always very, very good, aren't they? It's only at times of need you suddenly realise just how good the, uh, the staff are in hospitals. Lovely to see... Um, uh, Gary Lineker on holiday, because he works really hard, doesn't he? Sitting in front, um, fronting a, a NAF put-together clips programme. And also nice to see uh, the new Mrs Lineker as well. This is Danielle Bucks. You remember Danielle Bucks? Uh, she's photographed in uh, a variety of bikinis in various papers. This is the same woman who uh, went to court a few years ago complaining about intrusion as people were taking photographs of her wearing bikinis, and yet now more than happy, so I'm assuming there must be some modelling contract coming up, and she'll be more than happy to be photographed. Uh, Mr Lineker, says Calvin McKenzie, is in much need of a break, uh, although he reckons that the BBC should put him on the back bench. He's a bit dreary and boring at the moment. He was known as Boring Lineker, wasn't he, I think? Or was that, who was that? Was that a snooker player? One of them was. So, uh, other things here. More snow and ice on the way. Certain parts of the country, it's going to be quite dire tonight. So if it is in your neck of the woods, my advice is don't go out. And apparently, Tesco have sold 500,000 more bottles of fizz this month than last December because bubbly and boobs are pulling Britain out of the recession. Apparently, the secret chain of topless dancing places have been boosted by the return of city bankers and a surge in female guests. Apparently women make up a fifth of their punters. Ugh, how naff. So there you go. So apparently you're all going out to lap dancing clubs. No, you're not. Only certain people go to lap dancing clubs. It's been a good year, though, hasn't it? Very good year for, for Susan Boyle. Uh, Peter Andre finally called time on that naff marriage. Jedward, of course, were uh, <laughs> looking forward to a new career. As what? I've got no... Wearing odd clothes, I think. Wearing just peculiar... So obviously somebody's got some idea. There's a, a, a catalogue of peculiar clothes which they're putting them in. I've said before, I, I don't like it. Russell Brand is as boring as he ever was. Uh, Frida Pinto and Dev Patel, who shot to fame on The Slumdog Millionaire, um, have seen their romance blossom in the year, which is good news. And, and Gary Barlow made 2009 his year to shine because Take That kicked off comic relief... That uh, March's comic relief trip up Africa's Mount Kilimanjaro. Although it wasn't actually as complicated as you thought. It was like a stroll in a field. That's why Cheryl Cole managed it. Ronan Keating, with the odd hairstyle at the moment. Alicia Dixon. <laughs> Denise Van Outen. <laughs> wow. Kimberly Walsh, the ghastly Fern Cotton. Ben Dreary Shepherd, And Chris Moyles. I mean, the whole list of them are all... As I say, if Chris Moyles did it, let me take, uh, take, take my word for it. Not exactly climbing up a mountain, it's a stroll for a field. Uh, bad boy socket ace Joey Barton proved himself a hypocrite and rather a saddo, really, as he's uh, lambasted fellow players. 
He said that uh, these football players, he's called them a rude word for their flash lifestyle. This is a man who drives a £170,000 Aston Martin and earns 50 grand a week. As stupid as he is, thug-looking, I think. Uh, he said, what? Oh, I've got to take a break again. Honestly, I'm just halfway through this. The lolly's wearing off, you'll be pleased to know. Uh, we will go and have a chat to Nathan in a sec. First of all, the news headlines with Tom Cheel. The Foreign Office is playing down... C 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company, to have your company nice. And just to put uh, one poor sad person straight, the Queen doesn't approve knighthoods. It's got absolutely nothing to do with the Queen whatsoever. It comes from, um, comes from number 10 Downing Street. She does what she's told. You don't seriously think she runs the country, do you? Good heavens above. Ten minutes to seven is at the time. Here he is, fresh from Christmas, fresh from uh, probably feeling a bit plumptious at the moment and looking forward to seeing in the new year. It's my very old friend, and I mean that in a caring, sharing sort of way, <laughs> Nathan Morley, who is about the oldest person I know, in Cyprus. Yes, yes. yes. I, I, well, I'm, I'm proud to be an old, old wise friend. A bit of furniture in your life. You, you know, are, you, you are. You're, you're, you're like a comfy settee. Well, thank you very much. And when, when you're in times of trouble and, and, and you, you worry, I, 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 I'd like to be here for you. It's exactly. Like a rock. I... Yes, sort of like a rock, yes. You know, uh, handing out wise advice from yes. my fountain of knowledge. Yes, I, I, to be honest with you, you would be the last person I'd come to if ever I was in I times of trouble. And, uh, and, and every piece of advice <laughs> I've given you, you know, you, you've ignored, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm used to it. Exactly, but we, we've known each other for a few years now. Yes, indeed we have, and it's been a pleasure every moment. Yeah, uh, for me too. <laughs> Me too. Yes. Well, I'll... there you are. <laughs> OK, I... right, enough of this mutual backslapping. <laughs> right, uh, yes, well, I'm a little bit disappointed that you said the Queen doesn't run the country, because I think she's terrific. She is great, but sadly she has nothing to do with it. It's, it's number ten. She doesn't Which even write it? her own speech for the opening of the Houses of Parliament. Well, do you know, if she did, they would probably be better than they are, because she's a very yes. wise, wise woman. She looks and, good for uh, age, doesn't she? She does. She looks fabulous. I've always been... I'm not uh, one of these um, uh, royalists or, you know, have, have a, a Charles and Diana mug on my kitchen shelf or anything like that, mm. but I have enormous respect for, for Her Majesty, I think, especially in, regarding the Commonwealth, mm. which she manages to keep together, which must be one of the hardest jobs in the world. Yes. Uh, she's terribly underrated, especially, I think, at home, in, 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 within Britain itself. Yes, I'm not sure if you I know. have respect... Oh, I do. Oh, do, I do. Oh. I, yeah, I'm not sure about the rabble around her, but... Oh, there's her, an awful lot of sycophants <laughs> and hanger-oners, but I, I like the idea that we have tradition. I quite like the idea that mm. uh, we have this royal family, who normally would be speaking German, but uh, we managed to get them to speak English, <laughs> which is quite good. Uh, the Queen, queen well, Mother, know, I thought, was quite funny. Oh, she was lovely, yes. Yeah. yeah, she was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I mean, she kept uh, Gilby's gin in, in business. I think it's gone under now, hasn't it? Um. I don't know. She, I mean, I think most of the royal family drink gin. She used to drink gin and it, didn't she? I believe, I, I believe her, I, I read somewhere, and obviously this uh, could not be true, that she used to order a, an enormous amount of it for her parties. She had famous parties, didn't she? Yes. Where, where friends would come, and it would come, you know, by the crate load. Uh, and I've never been a gin drinker because it always makes... Uh, they call it a depressants drink, don't they? Or well, they, they say it enhances depression yes. or, you know, if you're feeling in a bad mood, it makes it worse. She, you know, she was the only member of the royal family who had the racing line piped into Clarence House. <laughs> so she could listen in the garden on the speakers to all the races. Depending on which one she had a horse in and she was following, they would feed yeah. the track um, commentary to her at home. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I, I wonder if she ever put a put a couple of quid on because she did own a few a few horses. Didn't oh she? yes. Oh, she, but she know? was hopeless. I mean, she was constantly in uh, overdrawn at the bank. <laughs> she was. I mean, she owed a fortune. It was only because she was the Queen Mother that they let her get away with it. <laughs> Anybody else, they'd have hauled them in and said, "Listen, sell Clarence House, love. D- downsize. You know, two bedroom flat should be enough." Well, yes, yeah. My granny lives in a little flat. I'm sure she, you know, it's a bit of a squeeze, but I'm sure you know she got used to it when she left her house. Yes, mind you. A little sad news in the paper today: Kerry Katona's mother's out on the street. Is she really? Well, because Kerry Katona uh, was about to have her mansion, although it's a really naff house on a little tiny estate, repossessed. But because she owned her mother's £130,000 two-bedroom terrace house, although how it ever cost that much, I'll never know, because I've seen it, um, she sold that, kicked her mum out, so she can pay off the mortgage overdraft. Oh, dear, oh, dear. It's a caring thing to do, isn't it? I'm not very, very um, uh, familiar with Kerry Katona. I've heard the name. Yeah. uh, But I was looking through the the, the year in review, and I know LBC do the year in review. Yeah. Uh, You know, and I I saw that Jade Goody was... Was it it March, wasn't it? Yes, yes. And I found that incredible for some reason, because when they mentioned Jade Goody on on the wire, I I thought it was summertime that she went. No. I vividly recall... Being on your program, I think it was the morning it happened, or the morning after. Yes. And somehow it doesn't seem like nearly a year ago. Yes. Bizarre, isn't it? It is strange, actually. I'm looking at the picture, and she died... Let's have a quick look here. Uh, March the 22nd. Ah, that's a long time ago. A long time ago. It is a long time ago. And it's funny, you never never hear her her name mentioned anymore at all, do you? Uh, I mean, she just disappeared as fast as she arrived. Well, various papers have done sloppy journalism and said, oh, you know, she raked in the money before she died, but all engineered by Max Clifford, and they've said she raked in eight million. She raked in nothing like eight million. Nothing like eight million at all, I'm afraid. But, eight uh, million? But she, well, that's not bad. Well, she did work hard. Mind you, Kerry Katona was rumoured, even though she's got nothing now and I laugh, uh, <laughs> she rumoured to earn two million pounds in one year. Really? And now, of course, it's all gone, which, of course, I'm delighted doing with. Well, doing nothing. I don't actually know what Kerry Katona does, and I'm sorry for my ignorance, because I don't watch television or, or anything okay, like that. she was married it, to Brian out of Westlife. Brian out of Westlife. They were a boy band, weren't they, in, in the 90s, Yes, probably. now they're an yeah. old man band. Right. And, oh, they're not um, reformed, have they? <laughs> no, no, well, yes, they have. Oh, God. Yes, I mean, I don't yeah. think they ever went away. Brian went to live in Australia with a, a little singer called Delta Goodman, and oh, I've uh, he's, heard he's very happy over there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then him, him and Kerry, because she was going through, let's just call it a drug phase, uh, decided right. things weren't going particularly well. She's been bipolar, she's been all sorts of things. Then when she was convicted of something else or something else happened in her life, Iceland dropped her as the face of that. She was dropped from OK magazine. And oh. uh, now she's bleating on to anybody who will listen, which isn't many people, uh, about how dreadful her life is. I thought, oh, that we Do can you know all what? spend two million quid, darling. You, you just uh, you filled the gaps in within a minute. I reckon you would make a great biography writer, you know, for for Harper Collins or uh, such, you know, such a publication yeah. business. You know, yeah. I mean, Kerry Katona by Steve Allen. Yes. I can imagine it. I can imagine it. You know, uh, forget forget getting any credible interviews <laughs> or with people she knows or any background information. Just expand on what you just said. In print. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, they, we are fascinated in this country, mainly because the press stick them in the paper, with people with no discernible talent. And Kerry Where Katona, Bianca Gascoigne, Jade Goody, they had no talent whatsoever, these people. And, you know, it is completely different in Cyprus. We do not have a celebrity set. 
there is no celebrity here. We don't you have... You had Peter Andre, didn't you, working in Larnaca? Oh, yeah, but he's not really that well... I mean, people know his name, but, I mean, it doesn't... It's not a country which works in that... Whereas in Britain you have the gossip columns and all of that, mm. that, you know, TV stars. And it's really not like that. I suppose the big celebrities here, all the people everybody knows, are politicians. Yes, yes. That, that's really who, who people know and are aware of. We don't have, like, a big TV star or a big radio star here. It's, it, uh, celebrities get absolutely no column inches in the paper. Mm. I mean, you don't see stories about, you know, uh, <laughs> sex, drugs and rock and roll, and it, it really is, it would be dreadful territory for a talk radio show. <laughs> mm. Yes, I mean, I, I could have a field day over there telling people just how naff most of our celebrities are in this country. We have, I'll tell you what we'll do, can, can, we, can we call you back the other side of the news? Sure, if you want to continue hearing my mindless nonsense. Yes, I mean, only for about a minute or so, because I think that just <laughs> might be enough for most people to sort of either... It's either you or Valium this morning, and I, to be honest with you, I don't know which one is going to work quickest. So what we'll do, Nathan, we'll have a chat to you the other side of the news, and I'll, I'll reveal some other people, because he's probably not aware of Vinnie Jones. He might not know who Vinnie Jones is. And in fact, not many people do know who Vinnie Jones is, but we know he's desperate enough, or might be desperate enough, to go into Celebrity Big Brother. Although I think, you know, the, the term celebrity, of course, is not really well used for it. I remember him being on television, being interviewed, and somebody said, are you really friends with Sylvester Stallone? Yeah, with Sylvester Stallone, big friend, and all the rest. I thought, no, you're not. Don't talk rubbish. Sylvester Stallone had turned up to the opening of an envelope. We know that. He's on Piers Morgan's ghastly programme about Las Vegas. Mind you, beats that balmy mother, doesn't it? Years ago, we were... Morning, you're very nice to be company. It's uh, six minutes past seven. It's Steve Allen's extremely popular radio programme. And uh, a lot of people saying, why no knighthood for Brucey? They've missed him out again. It's not good, is it? Not good. Uh, another one here. Uh, Benelin. Pharmacist wouldn't give me day and night as I've got high blood pressure, says Gwen. Really? Well, give it to me and I'm diabetic. So we don't have any problem there. Uh, Steve, the non-chav, on the way to Marbella. I'm sorry, it's chav territory. It's dreadful. Uh, and Steve says, uh, for him, going to an Italian, local-run, family-run restaurant. No driving, eight of us. Just the right number. There you go. This is, it is the right number, actually. Nathan Morley is in uh, Cyprus. Morning, Nathan. I'm not having a chav evening in Ionapa. A chavy thing. <laughs> actually, is, is, is Ionapa, because that, that made the papers, was it last year or the year before? Yeah. Uh, well, I think every year, from around the year 2001, yeah. <laughs> for some reason or other. Yeah. Um, but that's where I'll be spending my New Year's Eve, in Ionapa, You're going being to a Ionapa. chav. Um, uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm attracted to it. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to have a chavy dinner, then the, cut the chavy cake in the square with the, the you know, the drunks, and, uh, and, and dance the New Year in. Do people celebrate the New Year in the same way that... I mean, I've seen people around the world when they've done the fireworks and, you know, we do Trafalgar Square. But to be honest with you, Trafalgar Square is the last place that you need to go to because <laughs> there's no alcohol, there's no... Yeah. You stand around with a, a load of tourists who've got no idea why they're there either. And then uh, Big Bell... Big, Big Bell... Big Ben chimes midnight and everybody goes... Yeah. Should, nobody knows the words to the song. There's no, no orchestra true. playing it or anything like that. So it's absolutely dreadful. It's great here. You would love it, because what they do in the centre of Ayanapa, it's all organised by the town council. They have a huge cake. The, the booze is free. Oh, really? They, give, they, they have wine stands, which is, you know, giving it to the tourists and the, the locals for free. Mm. Uh, local delicacies, cakes and pasties and things. Then a firework display, a band... 
And uh, yeah, it's very nice, but cold. But saying that, I just popped my head during the news outside. It is glorious sunshine here this morning. Yeah. Uh, very warm wind, around 23, 24 degrees Celsius. So hopefully it'll be a mild evening. Wow. And do people and, get, uh, I mean, over here, it seems to be the British uh, thing to do on new, most evenings, actually, where you go out and they do not stagger out of the club until they're completely drunk. Um, no, not really. Uh, the the drink, drinking's not really a major issue here. It, only during the summer season with tourists. Yeah. I mean, uh, you'll find every, everybody will go for dinner, first of all, in the evening, early evening. And then uh, dinner, dinner is later here than it is in, in the UK. People yes. normally arrive at restaurants around 9, 9.30-ish. Oh, good God, that's bedtime uh, for us. Well, <laughs> 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 once we stagger out of the restaurant... After a couple of bottles of Bolly, uh, it's it's off to the square, and uh, you know I'll be tucked up in bed by two, for sure. By without two, without. by two, <laughs> by two a.m. It's the latest day of the year. Did I hear someone laughing there? Yes, two o'clock. <laughs> two o'clock is the time I'll be getting up. <laughs> well, I'll I'm be, working tomorrow. Did I hear somebody well. laughing? <laughs> 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 Terrible. Do, do they do in your in your papers over there the people who've died? This year, do they do a, a roundup of all the people, you know, the famous people who've died, or do you not have them? Yeah, well, it'll mostly be uh, international. Yeah, because uh, as I said, we don't really have any famous people, so, um, <laughs> and, and we're such a tiny population. Uh, though there'll be a couple of uh, uh, you know obituaries in today's edition, actually, of yeah. people who have left us during the past year. Actually, I'm just writing my newspaper column now, as I'm kind of, uh, and I, I decided not to go with a retrospective. You know, it's very normal, isn't it, where you do columns to do a retrospective. I've decided to go with population increase. Uh, in my yes. New Year's Day column. <laughs> so, um, uh, but, uh, no, we, we don't have a great deal of uh, famous people here, as I say, or notables who've passed on in the past year. We will get the Farrah Fawcett's, the mm. Michael Jackson's, you know, a little, a little retrospective, but that's about it. It's amazing, when I, when I was looking through the, the list of the, the famous who died, everybody from uh, Natasha Richardson, uh, Molly Sugden, of course, Keith Floyd, Al Martino... Uh, and Wendy I've forgotten Richard. Wendy Richard as well, Beatrice Arthur, David Carradine, Diane Holland, who played mm. uh, the ballroom dancer Yvonne in yeah, Heidi High. She was fantastic. Yeah. She was fantastic. And, and so many different... Ted Kennedy, of course, Richard yeah, Todd, yeah. Brittany Murphy was uh, fairly, fairly recently, Patrick Swayze, Stephen Gately. I mean, it's, it's just... It's almost as if somebody then waved a wand and went, right, it's your turn, your turn, your turn this year. You're, you're going... Well, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole debate there. Uh, are, are you chosen on the timetable? Uh, you know, is yeah, it no. your time? <laughs> well, there's always been the argument, hasn't it? If there was a book that had, you know, the date of when you were going to go in it, would you want to have a sneaky peek? Yes, yes, I would. Oh, would you? I, I would actually. I wouldn't yes. in case it was that day. <laughs> <laughs> Just before I get to the page of the date. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, no, I, I, I would. wouldn't want to know. <laughs> because it, it speeds up your, your what you want to do. I think it, for those people who do find out, because, I mean, doctors do say, look, you've got a month or a year or something. Yes. I think it really speeds up the life process and, like, you go and do what you want to do and you and you go and fulfil those ambitions. Yes, but only if you can afford to do it. It doesn't work like that for a lot of people. I, I know people say, right, you know, these are 200 things to do before you die, but you can only do them if you've got the money to do it. Well, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, maybe a little bit about your attitude, how you treat other people, and and, yeah. and take th- not take things so seriously. I think we're all guilty of taking things which actually aren't that serious seriously, and mm. devoting so much time to rubbish. 
I mean, uh, if, if, if I was told, I think I would, I would really, really uh, change my attitude. I mean, I wouldn't waste my time waffling on with you on it. Thursday morning, I think I'd probably be be out, you know, playing playing catch the rope with my dog. What, what if, um, if you were told that you were going to be going fairly shortly? Yeah, yeah no, you yeah. wouldn't. You'd want to be on with me because <laughs> you'd want to moan about <laughs> it. You'd be going, every you know, minute, every I'm counting. I, I have an advent calendar that I'm not going to get round to opening door three on. You know, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, I don't. Actually, now, now I think about it, I don't think I would want to know where I'm going. Uh, I don't no, you think see. you would either. No, you, you wouldn't. Absolutely, you wouldn't want. You wouldn't want to know. But I, no, I know no. because I've spoken to people who do know that they're going, uh, yeah. and I think to myself, yeah. my God, it's incredibly brave. Incredibly brave, yeah. whether it's, you know, cancer, which seems to be you know, the most popular one, the big C, as people say. And I remember talking to Dave D, of Dave D, oh, yeah, Beacon, yeah. and Titch, yeah. and he said, oh, I've got uh, the big C, and I said, oh, have they got it under control? He said, no, he said, it's terminal. So he knew it was terminal, and, and within, mm. I think, two months, he had, he'd left us. And well, you, so and you look at people, and you think, how you deal with this? I don't know how I'd deal with it. I just, I'm, I'm going to carry on working until they finally, you know, I drop in the studio. <laughs> you, you, could, you could do a Sid James. Yes. Or, um... <laughs> or or, or an, an Eric Morecambe. <laughs> I'm going to die this at a, work. <laughs> yeah, this would be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, imagine the, the front page of the standard the next day. Yes. Uh, you, you, you'll definitely be a leader. Oh, uh, and the inconvenience the to all the other programmes. <laughs> because they couldn't get your corpse from the studio. They couldn't get me out, because we've only got the one studio. They'd have to prop me up in the corner. <laughs> I would, Nick Ferrari would have to say, I can't work with him in the studio. I can't work with him in the studio. <laughs> I, you'd probably have Roger Foss on the phone, who hasn't realised you've died. Yes. And continues giving a theatre review for something like three hours. Yes. Uh, <laughs> How brilliant would that be? How brilliant. <laughs> I don't know. I've had quite a scary thought, really. Let's hope that God isn't listening to this, because he might pick up on the idea. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I quite uh, like the I... idea of, 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 well, of, of sort of deciding whether or not you go to somewhere and you can look back and you can sort of hang around in this room and see what people are saying. Oh, yes, of course you can. You, you, of course you, you can. That? Of course we come back. Oh, yes. Right. And, and, and you have a look and, and, you know, you have a peek oh, well, at, well. at what's going on. Oh, well, or like you that. can also materialise in other places. Oh, I like. Oh, I like, so I'd be big on that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you what if I could come that. back as another person? No, you can't do that, unfortunately. Oh, no. no, no. There's no reincarnation, but you oh, can well. certainly, if your spirit is, you know, not not quite content, you, you can come back and have a peek. Oh, Maybe like even spare a few people. Yes, oh, I'd like I to come back. I can imagine you being in Kerry Katona's wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't want to go there. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> I think of better places to go. Oh, I can think of some great places now. On reflection, actually, I can think of tons of places I'd go to. Anyway, listen, I've got to leave it there, so I shall be the oh, umpteenth person to wish you a, yes, a happy new year. Thank you. A happy new year to you and to the team and to everybody listening, and uh, I hope you have a lovely night tonight. Lovely. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. Good, uh, goodbye from Cyprus, everybody, and a happy new year. Thank you. Nathan Morley, my boy in Cyprus. Sounded a bit like two-way family favourites then. And to everybody listening who knows me, especially... Bomber Command, number three, two, <laughs> which is very good. Thank you very much indeed. So we will talk to him uh, next week. Next week. Jeffrey says, why do food manufacturers add garlic to almost all packaged meals? You know, I do like garlic, but I've never used in my life fresh garlic. I watched them doing it on the television, and Michael Van Stratton was a big advocate of garlic. He used to say, garlic is really good for you, keeps you healthy. I'm not sure if it's to stave off diabetes, but uh, I do like that I've used... Um, sprinkle garlic before. Never actually sort of done it properly, which is uh, much to my deep embarrassment. Quarter past seven is the time. 
news headlines with Tom Cheel. House prices rose by five. Certainly is. 7.20 is the time. New Year's Eve. You'll be out buying outfits today, getting the shoes, getting the right things. All the girls be doing their makeup properly. And they'll be staggering out there with no coats. People will freeze to death. Whereas, in fact, really should sort of dress up. James, of course, is not doing anything like that. Curling up with a cheese board, wine and DVDs. Nice baked camembert with crusty bread. Oh, yuck. Can't think of anything worse than nicely baked camembert, I'm afraid. It's only because I'm not a great cheese person. Um, another one here. Everybody always mentions that at on awarding time, says uh, Rachel, that people have been missed, such as Brucey. However, it is possible people have been offered an award but have refused it. Very, very rare. And if it is refused, we hear about it very quickly in the media. Very quickly. Well, he's, Brucey certainly wouldn't be refusing an award, let me tell you. Uh, another one here. You speak of the shops in Twickenham. But don't you think as you walk down the street we see the erosion of society, charity shops, pound shops, tat fashions, fast food shops? Um, I do, actually. In fact, we've got all of those in Twickenham. Charity shops, we've got them coming out of our ears. Uh, pound shops, we don't have, but we've got in Iceland. Tat fashion, we don't have. We've managed to get rid of those. Uh, fast food places, all over the place. All over the place. Some of them, strange enough, one of them only opened up a short while ago. And already appears to have closed. And the reason it's closed is because they obviously think it's a holiday and there's nobody around. And the trouble is, anybody who opens up a fast food place in Twickenham, because they see loads of students there, they go on holiday for quite long periods of time and you can sit there with no customers, mainly because the local people don't use these places. Because it's generally tat quality. So, so people don't, don't go there, I'm afraid, which is rather a shame. Maria says, I would award you cheering up so many people in the early hours of the morning. I know. And we did thank people the other day for all the, um, for all the, the boosts to the LBC's figures and things. I mean, it's been a very, very good year. Next year can only get bigger and better. Thank you, incidentally, to all the people who download the programmes. And uh, we're happy to still be there on the list of people who download. Brian in Hampton Hill says, My grandfather knew exactly when he was going to die. The judge told him. See, I like that. That's such, it's subtle. It's subtle. It's got it there. Uh, and Gaz says, Happy New Year to you and yours. Uh, Lisa reckons she got Benlin day and night from Sainsbury's off the shelf. Well, you shouldn't. It certainly shouldn't have. You certainly shouldn't be because it's not suitable for all people. It says on the back of it. So I'd be very surprised. I shall check that one out. Uh, and Lynn is uh, in Bushy. She says, I'm going out, but just this morning to chuck some money at a few bills. That's what people will be doing today. You'll all be going out. It'll either be... Chucking money at bills, and, so, and I suddenly, I found a bill the other day that I'd forgotten about. I thought, ooh, must pay the maintenance. And, uh, and then I'm going to collect my cushions, which have been in being redone, which I'm really, really thrilled with. So I'm, I'm getting those back again. Because you've no idea, if you've been sitting on a settee just on other cushions, I can't wait to get the proper ones back on it. Because it's just going to change television tonight. I know. Uh, Ingrid says, you can come back and help others. The spirit world's a busy place. Uh, eventually. Yeah, but the trouble is, you know, most of them are completely crackers, aren't they? Most of the people who pass over as mad as brushes, I'm afraid. And, uh, and that's why... You can't imagine how big heaven must be. So far, it's got Michael Jackson up there, John Mortimer, Clement Freud, and Molly Sugden, Carl Malden, Henry Allingham. What are they going to talk about? You know, I just want to sit on a cloud. I want to do like a Mary Poppins, and that was surprising. I turned on the telly yesterday. There was Mary Poppins again. And all I kept thinking was... All these people grew up. You've got Julie Andrews coming over next year to do the O2. That'll sell out like that. She'll pack out the O2. It'll be the only time you'll ever get to see her. She's 70-something. And uh, then I looked at all of them. David Tomlinson's not with us anymore. A lot of, even the, uh, the Bird Woman, Jane Darnell, who Walt Disney wanted for the film. 
because she was a, a, what they call a character actress, and just after they finished making it, she died. So it's, it's one of her last appearances, but Walt specifically wanted her. because the person who wrote the Mary Poppins book hated the films. Hated the films completely. They bore no resemblance to the Mary Poppins books by, uh, by uh, Mary Travers at all. Because if you read the books, and they're always different, Mary Poppins in the kitchen, Mary Poppins on the roof, Mary Poppins in the nursery, she was quite evil. And I'm afraid what, what Disney did was they sanitised her. There was none of this feed the birds, tuppence about, oh, jump through the you know, painting and all that kind of stuff. The books were very dark. So when, uh, when she, she saw the film and the rushes, and there's an interview on one of them there, she wasn't over keen. Walt had to come over and try and persuade her to give him the rights to actually make the film in the, in the first place. I liked it, but it was very sanitised. As I say, but if you read the original Mary Poppins books, you'll realise just how, how dark they were. Jill says Isha's charity shop has a sale on. Yeah, but look at the posh stuff it's got in there. I mean, Isha's charity shop is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, and Pearl says, my 15-year-old's cross with me because I'm not allowing her to attend the New Year's celebrations. Um, you see, well, the trouble is we've got a 15-year-old as well, and she probably says the same thing. She wants to go out to the celebrations. But I think Dad will probably say, no, no, definitely not. Uh, are you allowed to tell us what the listening figures are? No. No. Well, I mean, they are available, provided you're within the business. They're, uh, they're all, all documented. All documented. And they have to sit down. So, so sometimes, to be honest with you, you can't make head nor tail of them. We always get them. Is it four times a year we get the audience figures? And then we sit down and you can see if they've gone up, if they've gone down, what people are listening. And I'm delighted to say that LBC goes up, 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 up. It doesn't get any better. It really doesn't. And the reason being is that people tune in for sort of ten minutes, half an hour. Even sad, lonely people who sort of sometimes write some really quite disgusting things listen all the time because they've got absolutely nothing else to do. And so they listen, then they tell their friends, you know, and their friends listen, and before you know where you are, it's the knock-on effect. And you've practically got the whole of London listening. I mean, you know, 24 hours a day, you look at the overnight figures on LBC, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Steve says, Andrea, the only honour I want to hear about this year is the addition of Royal to Wooden Bassett. What, Royal Wooden Bassett? Think that's going to happen? I don't know enough about Wooden Bassett. Why, why would it warrant being Royal? I'd like to know about that. Uh, other people we lost this year, of course, Michael Jackson. That was... That was the shock, wasn't it, Michael Jackson? That was the one you didn't expect. The King of Pop died aged 50, although he was, he was a very young 50. But that was the surprise. Apparently Jordan's throwing a party uh, tonight to see in the new year. Apparently it's going to be a really good fancy dress party with all her naff friends, including the dreary Michelle Heaton, who I suspect... You remember Michelle Heaton? She was the disgusting waste of space in a, in a little girl band. She's, she's just, she's a bit old for hawking her carcass around parties and stuff like that now. But she was the one who came downstairs and celebrity come dine with me and said to the camera, oh, I've got no knickers on. She's a real class sort of person. You must see pictures of her. She's, she's been doing the rounds for some time. But she'll go to the party, which is interesting because she was on television a short while ago slagging off Jordan's new cross-dressing girly boyfriend, Alex Reed, saying Jordan should ditch him. Well, apparently he's going to be there wearing some of his finest girls' clothes. And uh, so that could be interesting, but that's about it for Jordan. I've said to her before, ditch the camp makeup artist. All the uh, all the columnists this year have said you need to change your look for next year because you're looking looking a little bit ancient. I'm afraid at the moment. Uh, Rachel Riley has split from her boyfriend. Go on, you've got no idea, Rachel Riley. Isn't that funny? You would know the person if you saw her, but you don't know her name. Rachel Riley. Okay, she's the girl who replaced Carol Vorderman. On Countdown. But nobody knows who she is. 
They just go, oh, it's the girl who does the figures. She's split with her boyfriend, and she's got her eyes on Bill Bailey. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be reciprocated somewhat. I think Bill is, uh, is quite happily uh, settled. Mylene Class is in the paper today. She's going out tonight. Well, she probably won't, actually. Uh, Stephen Gately was uh, another one of the, uh, the shock people who, uh, who died this year. What did we get? We were predicting yesterday, or trying to predict who's going to be the big star next year, and we've got no idea. Hannah Waterman, they say she's flogging a, a DVD. You don't need, I said yesterday, please, 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 please don't buy any of these stupid DVDs from celebrities. You don't need them. Go to the doctor, do walking, join a gym. It's as simple as that. It's not complicated. I, d- I do get quite bored having to tell people all the time, don't waste your money. Uh, Jordan, they say, has forked out 20 grand on booze, food and fireworks. It's nice, isn't it, Katie, when you have to sort of buy your friends in, because it's the only way to get them to turn up. Free food at my place, free firework, pl- pl- please come, Any- anybody, please. Please? At British Gas, we... 26 minutes to uh, 8 is the time. David said if you died in the studio, Steve, they'd have to redefine corpsing. Quite a nice idea, isn't it? And uh, very happy New Year as well to uh, young Noreen. She says, behave yourself tonight. I shall be in bed. I shall be in bed. And, uh, and a wonderful New Year as well to Corin and Tony. She says, uh, thank you for your card. Lovely start for the day. I'm just waiting for Tom, who's our friendly blue tit, to wake up. I can hear him scratching about in the box, but it isn't light enough for him to fly off yet. So, listen, have a, have a great new year to both of you. Lots of love and to, uh, and to everybody else as well. I hope you have a, a good time tonight. Although, if, if you're sitting at home at the moment thinking, what the dickens can we do tonight here... Uh, joining us now is the Deputy Mayor of London, Richard Barnes. Richard, good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Yes, for, well, nearly. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the last day of the 90s. It the is. the noughties. It, 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 for some reason, it's all become the noughties, hasn't it now? It has, yeah. And believe you me, if you knew half the stuff most people got up to, it probably could be considered <laughs> the noughties, I think. So, so listen, what, what, what do we have on offer? When I came through Trafalgar Square earlier, they seem to be putting up a stage. No, it's, it's going to be a big screen on it. Oh, right. We... Because of the uh, safety precautions around the Thames itself, mm. we can only get about 200,000, 250,000 people down by the Thames immediately in front of the, uh, the fireworks. So we're putting up a big screen in both Parliament Square and Trafalgar Square because we expect a lot more than uh, 200,000 people down in London tonight. Yes, absolutely. Um, so that you don't have to cram down. But obviously, you know, you can't have mass crowds right by the side of the river because of all the implications that has. Right. So we've got fireworks on the river. We have indeed. And pyrotechnics off the wheel. And oh, nice. It's going to be a great fun. Great what, fun. What, what time does all that start, Richard? On the 12th bong of Big Ben right, is, is when bong. it all starts. But I would say to people, if you're going to come, wrap up very warm yes. and get there nine, half past nine time, there is going to be music... Uh, and musical entertainment uh, relayed across the whole area. Uh, but it does get crowded and it does get full very quickly. Now, the, the other thing as well is they're going to close off a lot of roads in the centre, aren't they? Yeah, simply because of the, uh, the sheer number of crowds. Right. And but it is free travel on the tubes, the buses and whatever to get you home. Great. I mean, the, the, the one thing that, that people do tend to do is, is sort of go out and enjoy themselves. There will be the, the usual drunks floating about. Presumably there's the ban on alcohol in Trafalgar Square. We're trying to keep it as safe and as sensible as we possibly can do. Mm. But it is part of the uh, the British tradition that you have a 
a glass of uh, some libation to celebrate <laughs> New Year. You're obviously going round the houses on this one, Richard, I can tell. <laughs> a glass of some libation. Where's that come from? Well, yeah, I don't want to call people, you know, out there rolling drunk. <laughs> but I remember a time when it, it wasn't pleasant to go to, to Trafalgar yes, Square. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and we will make it a pleasant night. Well, it should be. And I think the advice from you is, is right. Wrap up warm. It's going to be a cold one tonight. It's, the forecast is for minus two, minus three. Crikey. And if it's been rain and sleet during the course of the day, then it's, it's damp and miserable. So good shoes, good gloves, good scarf mm. and a hat on. And don't bring babies in buggies. Yes, please don't bring buggies. I've, I've seen people doing that. I went to the Winter Wonderland Fair yep. up at uh, Hyde Park, which is very good. But there were so many people at night time pushing buggies up and down. I know. It's... Uh, it's not fair on the child. <laughs> well, they they mainly sleep through else. it, but it's just inconvenient, because you do get lots of crowds, and Trafalgar Square tonight, there will be thousands upon thousands. In fact, this whole area around the here. The whole area. Both north and south of the river will be very crowded. Yeah. Actually, the, the good... I noticed Boris was talking the other day about things are picking up, you know, the money people are spending in the sales. It's, it's looking promising, hopefully, for 2010. It, yeah. Yeah, I mean... We're getting rid of the noughties now, which, you know, which a decade which didn't uh, cover itself in glory, shall we say. And yeah. We've got to be optimistic going into the future. You know, we can be miserable, uh, grumpy old men, if you like, <laughs> or we can have a party and press the, the sheer joy of being in London. Absolutely. Uh, and that's what we intend to do. And bring in, uh, I don't want to call it the tens. I don't know what they call it now. I don't know. I think we just call it the next year. I've got no yeah, idea. Exactly. Let's stick with 2010. You've obviously started on the libation a bit earlier today than <laughs> usual, Richard. Yes, it is 20 to, nearly 20 to 8. <laughs> and where will you be tonight? Where will we find you? I will you? be down in central London from 4 o'clock onwards. Excellent. Well, have a nice and I'll time. I'll be there till early morning. Good lad. Richard, nice to talk to you. Pleasure. God bless. Thank you. Right. Richard Barnes, the uh, Deputy Mayor of London. So he'll be from 4 o'clock this afternoon. And he's talking to us at 22 minutes away. That's what I like. But it, it is good. Incidentally, if you're going out to a restaurant tonight, do make sure that you've booked it. Don't just turn up. It'll be quite difficult. Many restaurants get booked up because they have special New Year's Eve menus. I know that a lot of the restaurants in, in Twickenham will be booked up. Actually, Joe, the other day, you know when you get cravings for food? And I had to go to uh, one of my favourite Italian restaurants, in, which is owned by the same people who own the, uh, the tapas bar at the end. And I had to have... I was going to have spaghetti... But I ended up having a pizza. I don't know, but it was. A, but they're nice pizzas. They're not these commercial pizzas. It's a proper pizza, proper Italian, you know. And it's nice. And I, but I didn't have it. It came with olives, but I didn't want the olives because I've never eaten olives in my life. I've, I've tried one olive and I hated it. And they put them on. Pi- oh, no, it was heathen. Yeah, but you see, you'd like stuff like that. You probably do all this mezzo stuff and all this. Yeah, yeah. I don't do that. All this sort of nibbling of food. No, 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 no. I can't do olives. I've tried to get into olives, and I just can't get into them at all. Perhaps next year, that could be my, my resolution. Try and eat olives. <laughs> a bit pathetic. It's the best I can manage. <laughs> try and eat olives. Well, I never used to eat mushrooms. And I, I love mushrooms now, but trying to eat olives. Some people eat them all the time. It's like, my, my favourite was pate. I love pate. But the trouble is, the fat content is a bit prohibitive for me. So it has to be like a once-a-year thing. And then I just have a little bit. It's like buying a loaf of bread. Really bad for you. So I'll have two slices of toast and throw the loaf of bread away. I know, because it's the guilt factor, because they don't sell two slices of bread. So I'm kind of stuck with it, really. Lovely hearing you all the time on LBC. Corinne says, uh, nobody else could do it and leave us wanting more. And can you find the time to wish my cinder, my cinder, my sister, Dorinda, a very happy new year. And also Jan and Peter, who we are meeting as usual in Somerset House tomorrow. 
Yes, love to uh, to Jan and Peter as well. Don't forget, tomorrow, of course, is the New Year's Day parade. And there will be something like 10,000 gorgeously, hunky, attractive people out on the streets who have travelled here at their own expense from all parts of America. They pay their own way. Nobody pays for them. All these schools, because I know all about the London Parade, as you can well imagine, since I've done the concerts for the past... Ten years, I think. Something like that. The New Year's Day parade up until a couple of years ago. About uh, ten years. And they come over, big marching bands from all over America. From Florida, from Iowa, just about everywhere. Biggest band we had uh, the last time I did it was 400. And they come over with their chaperones. And they travel... Me, I go on holiday. I get there. All my clothes look like I've slept in them. They arrive from America. They are pristine tomorrow for the New Year's Day parade. You'll love it. If you've never been before... The kids will love it. Marching bands, cheerleaders, they've, you know, they've got... I think there'll be something like 2,000 cheerleaders will be over. All these young girls, beautifully made up, and the boys will be throwing them up in the air, and they'll be doing somersaults, and they, uh, they love it. And they smile all the way through. Uh, no, I haven't. Is that something I should know about? It's when uh, oh, people. So I'm just checking this, just in case it's going to come up with something terrible. Um, oh no! They, actually, <laughs> that's the cheerleader effect, is it? Oh right. No, they all are actually. They're all from UCLA, and and it. it I have to say this because it's going to. And I should, I'll probably get into trouble, trouble. But when I first started doing the New Year's Day parade, the Americans who come over, as anybody will tell you, are up for everything. If you go, come on, girls, where? Give us a big cheer. They'll go crackers for you. So I used to sort of do the concerts, and I'd go, is there anybody here from England? And you get, yeah. And you go, anybody from America? And they go, yeah. The whole place would erupt. And the same for the New Year's Day parade. You get all the girls, 400, they would line up in front of me, all these girls. And I'd go, morning, girls, UCLA, how are you doing? And they'd all go, yeah. And they'd jump up in the air and all, yeah, love you, love that. I've got no idea who I am. And, but they always look happy. And then you'd have something like the Shepherd's Bush marching band who would come along. They looked like the rejects from the National Health Service. I remember one girl one year, she had food all the way down the front of her uniform. She had National Health glasses on. And, and you think, you've only come from Shepherd's Bush, at least you could make the effort. Whereas these bands come from America and all their costumes are immaculate. I pr- you've never seen anything like it. I can't big it up enough because it's free. And it's all the way up from Parliament Square, all the way up round to Piccadilly, round Trafalgar Square. You'll see the crowds forming tomorrow. I can't remember what time it kicks off. Go and, go and check out on the website and you will find it. But it's, it's good. It's very, very good indeed. You'll, you'll absolutely love it. So if you're going out tonight, my hard and fast rules are wrap up warm. Don't take kiddies in pushchairs because it's really not fair. There'll be far too many people, especially... There will be some stupid people who will take kiddies in pushchairs out there. There's too many people in London on news... Most nights, there's too many people, but they'll be pushing them round, they'll have the fags on, you know, they'll be doing all that kind of... Don't take the kids out if they're very young and in pushchairs. Don't take too much money. Don't flash your jewellery. There will be people out there who will be determined to ruin your New Year's Eve. And I want to get to that uh, that uh, state tomorrow, whereby we're all compus mentis. OK? Uh, 84850... Uh, Michael says, you have the most unsophisticated palate. Well, because I don't do olives. <laughs> Actually, strangely enough, I do mussels, but I don't do olives. I don't know why, I just cannot do things like that. Uh, have you ever been to the performance of the Thirstford Christmas show in Norfolk? We've been three times. You have to book early. 
No, I haven't. I'll tell you, I, I could happily go and see a panto today, but I can't, I'm afraid. Uh, a colleague of yours here beside me, says Richard, says, typical of you not to know the significance of Wooten Bassett, yet you know the name of Jordan's bow. Don't be so stupid, Richard. Nothing worse than an ignoramus at this time of the morning. A colleague of yours. You haven't got... Again, you're sitting all by yourself, as you know. A little bit difficult. You can't help it. Uh, Angela says, Warhorse, definitely one to see. Uh, Warren is off to New York, so he's going to do two. He's going to do two, I'm afraid. Two things, which is good. So he'll have New York... He'll have New York's New Year's Eve and here as well, which is good. Uh, Sandra says, you've helped me through my labour... Lovely. And my son, Neil, is 18 today. 18. Julie Andrews was born in Walton. Lovely. And Pam says, I used to love the banter with you and Mike Dickin. Uh, strangely enough, not with us anymore, I'm afraid. And Steve, I was very surprised to see Dale Winton doing an advert for Cash on Gold. And, oh, we could take another break. Good grief. They're a great sale bargain. Morning, everybody. New Year's Eve, London town. Don't take lots of money out. Don't wear flash jewellery. Wear some more clothes, warm clothes. Don't take kids out in push chairs. Leave them at home. Stay at home. If you've got a young family, then uh, stay at home as well. Helen is overdosing on the programme and loving it. And uh, please say hello to your number one fan, Cathy. It's Matt and Lisa's first wedding anniversary today. They'll be celebrating with a takeaway. And Karen says, why don't you freeze your bread and take out your two slices as you need them? Ha ha. I could do it. There's a thought. Never thought about that, actually. And another one here. Happy New Year to all your guests, fellow presenters, production team, all the staff, LBC and all the listeners. It's good, isn't it? There you go. We cover everybody. Uh, do you remember that um, pastor the other day, the priest who urged people to go shoplifting? Uh, well, anyway, he, he, he got his just desserts the other day. He's a rather stupid man, incredibly naive. He was drenched with a bucket full of spaghetti and ravioli by some guy called Martin as he left church on Sunday. Martin, who lives nearby, said theft would be on somebody's record for ten years. I decided a protest was worth making. Father Jones said it had been an, a humbling experience. I said just because somebody wears a dog collar doesn't mean they're intelligent. It just means they've taken a calling. But to come up with, let's all go out shoplifting, is possibly the stupidest thing he's ever said in his entire life. Even the bishop from the area said the same. So this guy goes out and decides to drench him with spaghetti. Kind of a waste of spaghetti, I would have thought, you know, because I quite like spaghetti. But uh, th that's what he decided to uh, to do it. Um, Anne says, can you tell me when, when damehoods are handed out to quite minor celebrities, why hasn't June Whitfield been made one? I don't know, actually. There's loads of people. As I say, it might be because they've been critical of the government, because they come from number 10. There's an office at number 10, and they decide. You can write into them and say, I'd like to nominate June Whitfield. I think she's been made a dame. And then they sit down and go, June, Whit June Whitfield? And then somebody will go, oh, look, I found a newspaper article. She's been critical of the government. And, oh, right, that's forgotten. And that's why, because I'm totally convinced that's how it works. Because some people, I mean, Brucey should have got one ages and ages ago. Absolutely. I know he's got various other things, but the knighthood would just be it, wouldn't it? Let's face it, if we give an award to Jensen Button, and to be quite honest, it's only somebody who sits there and pushes his foot down on the accelerator. It's not difficult. You know, we can all do it on the roads, yeah, and the brake, probably at the same time. But we do it, and we get flashed at by a speed camera. He does it. They earn millions, and they're the dullest people ever. I don't know if you've ever met racing drivers. You know, blurred adverts going round at 300 miles an hour is not my idea of fun. Although, bad news for you, you might as well start packing up the house now, because according to the, uh, the papers today, a giant asteroid is going to hit the Earth, and we're all going to disappear. Because they did what... They showed it on the television a while ago, and this was quite a small one, but it provided a crater... 
24 miles across. Admittedly, it was uh, many, many, many years ago. But they, they reckon that there's another one, an asteroid, on its way, 885 foot across. Now, if something that big, without being broken up in space, ever, ever landed here, it would wipe out continents completely. If ever the biggest volcano in the world erupted, it would wipe out America. It's as simple as that. America would just vanish under the, uh, the volcano. And the biggest volcano in the world is Yellowstone Park. The whole park is a volcano. And they only discovered it about 10, 15 years ago when they were sort of looking at all the... They've got all their seismologist stuff up there and, and they checked it. And then you look at it from space and you suddenly realise, my God, it's giant. I mean, there's no danger. It's got all the little pools there and everything else. But it's, uh, it's not actually decided to erupt just yet. But if it does, it would take out America without a shadow of a doubt. Daily Mirror's got the best and the worst of the year. I mean, I don't know what sort of celebrities you don't want to see in 2010. To be honest with you, I hope that the papers would finally drop Katie Price because, frankly, she doesn't do anything now. I'm really not interested in somebody's dreary life. I only mention her just to hope that it sort of kind of chips away at her bit by bit by bit. And, um... Uh... Other Pret-a-Manger's open today. This is a London cab driver. Well, blimey, if you don't know, nobody will know, will they? Uh, John Warrington says, thank you for the lovely card. Why am I awake when I have a long night ahead, sandwich between the fireworks and Trafalgar Square? Because John's going to be with us tomorrow on the programme. But uh, he has to work. I think he's going to come in direct from... He'll finish at six o'clock tomorrow morning, so he might as well come in here and have some cups of coffee, keep himself awake, because he's going to be working all night. But the crowds around where he is are going to be absolutely huge. Uh, Bob in Wandsworth says, Nobody else in the media gives it the attention for the London Parade, and we, the Ducati Owners Club, will be parading on our beautiful motorcycles. The crowds are fantastic, and the event's beautifully organised. Hope to see you there. I might actually, when I finish, because I finish at 10 tomorrow morning, although I should be rushing home to sit on the settee, enjoying every minute of it. I know it seems a rather strange thing to look for. You know, but it's, it's like having... I remember when I bought my new memory foam mattress. Climbing into bed all of a sudden became an experience. And I, I quite liked it, actually. I've got into some, some very, very strange things. Do you know there's a couple in the paper today, a couple of children, an 11-year-old and a 15-year-old, not in this country, mercifully, they douse their mother in petrol and set her on fire in Florida. Why? Because the mother had told the 11-year-old off for smoking cigarettes. You get some incredibly stupid children, don't you? It is just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, 84850, steve at The amount of people who now want to get... If we talk about food, they now want to go out and eat food. And I could eat a curry now. Barbara says, There was a time when they showed the News Day parade on television. No, they only showed highlights. They never showed the whole parade because it, it goes for, for too long. It's the same as the Lord Mayor's show, only much, much bigger. Much bigger. The Lord Mayor's parade, uh, which is in the City of London, is done, and all the livery companies do it and things like that. When you go to the New Year's Day parade tomorrow, it'll be a lot of marching bands. There'll be about between ten and 15,000 youngsters coming in from America. They'll have been here. They arrived probably about three days ago. They'll be staying in all the hotels. Most of the uh, hotels around Kensington... We'll be full up with them, uh, down by Tower Bridge. They'll be there. And they, they organise different parades. So there's one going on in Paris. I think there's one in Spain. And there's one here. And they generally do a... I don't know if they still do the concerts, because I haven't hosted those for many a year now. But what they actually do uh, is they come over here. They save up the money for their hotel. They get a good deal at the hotels. And they, uh, they arrive in London just purely to play in the Newsday Parade, which you, which you consider is actually quite a big deal, because many of the kids have never been outside America. 
because most Americans do not possess passports. Which is, which is quite bizarre. You would think that they would, but they don't, because they've got everything in America. You can ski, you can go on the beach, you can do everything. So the amount of people I used to speak to every year, who I said, have you ever been to London before? No. And you get families, get, no, never been in before. What's it like? Kind of cute. <laughs> they like cute. Everything around, because it was all in one area. You know, you can go to Parliament Square, and you can see all the history there, and you've got Westminster Abbey. And that was kind of cute little church, you know, kind of busy and kind of expensive. Uh, but the one thing they were all happy about was they found McDonald's. It was like a little slice of home, McDonald's. I said, thank you so much for giving it to us. We were all thrilled. And, and they gave us Kentucky Fried Chicken and they gave us all the fast food stuff that we never wanted in the first place. Small wonder our diets have been changing over the years. But, uh, but they loved London. And I say to them, listen, just walk up here around the back of the Central Hall Westminster, which is where we used to do the concerts. There is... You know, some fantastic bits of Dickens' London, which still uh, survive. The UK's contribution to fast food? Wimpy. Didn't that come from America? Was that not... I think, that, I think Wimpy was American. Because it came from... Yes, I'm pre- well, I'm pretty certain Wimpy was... I didn't think we invented it. It must have come... Little Chef could have been ours. I still love going to a Little Chef. Didn't Heston Blumenthal take them on, I think, and start sort of zhuzhing up the breakfast? Whereas all people want is a, is a fry-up. If I start talking to you about fried bread and I start talking about sausages and bacon and beans and stuff, you start going, I wish you'd shut up with the food stuff because we're quite hungry. Uh, Other people we lost this year. Alan Klein, former Beatles manager, died in July, aged uh, 77. Danny LaRue, of course, I mentioned before. Wendy Richard. Tony Hart. I saw a lovely piece on the television about him the other day. Patrick Swayze. Uh, Larry Gelbart. I didn't know anything about him, but he was the man who wrote M.A.S.H. Uh, Lady Nikki Chapman, disabled rights champion, only 48. I think anybody, you know, at any age, I think it's just ghastly when people go so uh, so young. Lovely Maggie Jones from Coronation Street, of course. Roy Disney. I always used to think he looked like, like Walt. He was 79, died in uh, December. And David Taylor, the Labour MP, uh, died on the 26th of December, aged 63. I think he was out walking. And uh, René Pagliari. Remember who he was? He was part of René and Renato. Save your kisses, just... Have you seen all these adverts on the television this bloke? You know, uh, go compare, go compare. He's apparently an opera singer in real life. I'm not sure if he actually has a moustache that looks like that, but they're obviously capitalising on it in the same way that uh, all the other people are capitalising on the meerkat.com. Compare the market.com, compare the meerkat.com. And it's funny, isn't it? I quite like them, especially now there's outtakes on YouTube. <laughs> at the end of Shrek, the movie, if you look at the extras, they've got outtakes. I think, how can there be outtakes? It's a cartoon. It's ridiculous. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Lots of glitter and glitter. That's glitz, T-Z, and glitter, E-R, in the uh, Thirstford show. It's a Christmas celebration. Lovely. Uh, you mentioned Mike Dickin, great presenter, sadly missed. My God, he could drink. My God, he could drink for a long, long time. Uh, Steve, I should be driving a train and taking the drunks home. That's the trouble. There will be drunks. There will be people walking about all over the place going, I'm not, not paying to go, you know, in a minicab because it's double money. But uh, I'm going to try and walk home. I know somebody will be walking home tomorrow in the early hours of the morning from Camden. Because a lot of people go up to Camden tonight. So wherever you're going, just be careful. Just be careful. Because there will be people out there looking to, uh, looking to ruin your night. The other story that hits the papers today is the police who are having to deal with a crime wave committed by OAPs. 
Apparently, the Greys are out there. Uh, 288 men between September 2007, September, and September 2009. 288 men and 47 women were arrested over the age of 70. How frightening is that? Just when you thought you could trust them. Morning team, eight minutes, no, seven minutes. Wishing, wishing the day away, I'm afraid. Seven minutes past eight, nice to have your company. News Day Parade tomorrow, everybody's celebrating tonight. Me, tucked up in bed, earmuffs on. Not hearing a thing, I don't want to hear any of this. I'll just see the aftermath tomorrow. And that'll be quite bad enough. Uh, thank you very much indeed to uh, Angela from South West 3. Very nice card. A lot of cards arrived in uh, late. And apologies, actually, to people who've written in saying, uh, can you send us a signed photo? We don't have any signed photos. We do have photos that you can download from the web, but we're still waiting for those to be uh, selected. I think Ashley's going to go through them and pick out the best ones because they they photographed all the global presenters. It was a long period of time, and I forget how many photos they took. Thousands of them. And you can see the results on the LBC website. But... They're now deciding which ones they're going to put forward as that will be the official picture of Nick Ferrari, the official picture of James O'Brien, the official picture of uh, Jenny Barnett, whatever. Uh, Sue says, thanks to my new DAB radio, I'm listening to you in North Yorkshire, where I'm visiting my mum Stella back in London on Saturday. And um, and Warren says, we're all 2.5% poorer from midnight. VAT goes up. Yes, I'm not sure how it's going to affect anybody, really. The only, th- the only good thing, because I, I pay VAT, and uh, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm on a flat rate for my VAT, which is actually quite good. I quite like the idea of flat rate, because, uh, frankly, like most people, I know nothing about tax and nothing about VAT. That's why you employ an accountant to do things for you. And, strangely, most accountants who deal with tax are former tax inspectors. My accountant's a former tax inspector, so they know all the things to do. I was having a long discussion with James O'Brien about this last year, and he was saying, he said, oh, it's dreadful this year, so I've got to pay so much tax. I said, well, actually, I've got a fairly light year on tax for some reason. He said, oh, well, how's that possible? I said, good accountant. Good accountant, worth their weight in gold. Do you remember, was it the was it the Vesti family or Dewhurst the Butchers who won you? I think it was the Vesti family who paid a pound in tax. Because there were so many things that you can do. And if you're, if you're a presenter, especially if you're on television, you can claim for your clothes, your car, your petrol, you know, all, all sorts of things. Because if you have to go out and do... Um, do shows, you've, you've got to have clothes to do the shows in, so you can, so you, you claim for that. But a good accountant, worth their weight in gold, let me tell you. But now the VAT's going back up, I shall have to remember to change the invoice to go from 15% to 17.5%. Steve, the bloke who sings on the ads really grates on me. I turn the sound down. I quite like him, actually. He's a cheery little soul. Go compare, go compare. It's funny how many how ads have taken over our lives. And fast food... I'm reliably informed. Fish and chips and Cornish pasties were the original fast food. Now, I tell you, the original... Actually, pasties, you might be right. I'm not sure you call it fast food. Uh, we did... I remember the very first, when I lived in a little town in Berkshire, we had our first Chinese restaurant. We didn't have a Chinese takeaway. There was no Indian, but we had a Chinese restaurant called the August Moon. And I'm delighted to report it's still there. And they did a two-course lunch for one... It was a long time ago. pound forty-nine. And for that, you've got a starter, which was either a soup um, or, I think, sweet and sour pork. And then a main course was rice with some meat in it. And you could pay extra and have it. £1.49. I can smell the place to this day. And still love Chinese food. Absolutely love it. 
So I'm not sure about Cornish pasties. We used to go to Woolworths when they used to have a little cafe in there and they used to do hot sausage rolls. But as, as for fast food, I mean, things like kebabs and Indian restaurants came along years later for us, absolutely years later. Uh, Steve, thank you for uh, a very good year and to all the uh, staff at LBC. I'm sure they'll be delighted, Brenda. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we did mention the King of Pop, Michael Jackson. I think it was just one of those things, wasn't it? I don't think anybody believed Michael Jackson. I remember we practically a whole day on LBC devoted to Michael Jackson. I know, I know I got an email, sorry, a text message in the early hours of the morning from one of our bosses saying, you will go easy on Michael Jackson, won't you? I said, absolutely. Big fan of Michael Jackson. Big fan. I think he was surrounded, as usual, by a lot of very peculiar people. And uh, Angie says, wishing you 12 months of happiness, 52 weeks of fun. 365 days of laughter, 52,000, oh no, it's 525,600 minutes of joy, and then it goes on, so many of love, and a really happy new year. And that's what people want, isn't it? For, I don't know what you wish yourself, that's why people say, you know, I wish you everything you wish yourself for the new year. Most people want uh, to earn some more money. Most people, you know, would like to f- perhaps find a partner, you know, looking for perhaps somebody to share their life with. God, no, I can't anything worse. <laughs> in fact, I was speaking to a very good friend of mine the other day, and his, uh, his girlfriend's got to the clingy stage, and she's sort of saying, somebody you know as well, and she started saying, so where are you going? He said, well, I'm going off to work. Well, what time will you be back? Well, you know, I'll be back later, all right? Do you love me? He said, and it's really, he said, it's getting to that stage now where it's a case of, you know, what's well, a nice ring, isn't it? Nice ring. Oh, God, go away. People can't bear it, can they? Um, Maggie reckons the Newsday Parade did used to be shown live, not by this company, and certainly not with all the stuff that was on this. 30, 40 years ago. Cer- certainly wouldn't be Bob. I don't think so. Well, not as far as I know. Uh, Steve, there's a company advertising on the television with over 2,000% APR. Yep. I think it's 2,360% APR. And that's a legal loan shark. Absolutely. Legal is the word that describes it. It's totally legal. If you choose to go to them, that's what their APR is. They advertise it. Most places are just terrible. Absolutely terrible. They really are. Uh, Jenny, morning. Uh, Sarah in St Albans. So thank you for putting a smile on my face every morning after a pretty tough year. Had a lot there. And um, my mum is a huge fan. She's a, a nurse. Her name is Marianne. That's from her eldest daughter. Is it Mikal? I think. Mikal. So there you go. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, I was looking back at some of the stories the other day. Uh, at the, the, uh, the best woman of last year, or the best woman of this year, I think would be Joanne Lumley. Joanna Lumley. I think for her work with the Gurkhas. Uh, the worst sight was the Calendar Girls getting their bits out yet again. Uh, top hate figure... Uh, again, there's a, a bit of a contention on this one. The top hate figures from last year. Jordan, Nick Griffin and Jedward. Need no explanation. Esther Ranson for trying to hitch her way back into the public eye. And Yuri Geller for telling every TV station he was Jacko's best ever buddy. Which, of course, was a big fib, I'm afraid. Seeing as they hadn't spoken for ages. Uh, but the winner, they say, for top hate figure last year was the racist smuggo Anton Dubeck, who combines all the worst traits of the contenders and then some. Yes, the very smug Tony Beak, who people went off. Best story was Grant Bovey meeting the bailiffs. This was after Grant Bovey had threatened legal action against anybody who said his company was going under. And then, of course, we had the dreary wife, Anthea, who droned on to anybody who'd listen. I'm sure she's absolutely lovely, but frankly, people got a bit bored with her saying, oh, we've had to downsize to a £6 million house. That served her no... Perhaps, perhaps she'll turn up in the Big Brother house. Oh, no, she's already done it, hasn't she? Uh, best comeback, Spandau Ballet. 
Jonathan Ross, Russell Brand, that was a surprise, uh, and David Beckham all reared their ugly heads, but nobody did it in more style than Ronnie Biggs. One minute, released from prison on compassionate grounds, so he could die at home with dignity. What a load of old hogwash that turned out to be. The next minute, doing a Steve McQueen impression, weaving his way down the highway on a motorised wheelchair. Do the honourable thing, do do the honourable thing. Uh, The best royal story, I think, uh, was uh, Andrew abusing his chopper, so to speak, and Charles lecturing planners about what they can build, despite living in the ivory tower of several palaces all his life. Uh, better, Simon Cowell reliving an encounter at a recent Royal Variety show where the Queen ignored me and her husband called me a sponger. Lovely. I love things like that, actually. It's, it's quite good. But uh, worst person of the year, as I say, has to be uh, poor old Jordan. Unattractive, desperately lonely, and the best she can get in the man stakes is somebody who dresses up as a woman. I mean, I really don't know where we go after that. Best man of the year, I think, actually, would have to be Peter Andre. Peter Andre gets the award because people say he finally did the honourable thing. Unfortunately, we've suddenly realised as he's turned up on a few chat shows and a few shows over Christmas that he's got no more talent than I've got in my little finger. And that's why, of course, he was on the downer when he had to go into I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of the Jungle, so he could relive or revitalise what little career he had beforehand. Now it's just coming over as a little bit sad, I'm afraid. 8.15... Check on the news headlines with Tom Cheel. The Foreign Office is playing down. Steve Allen. Morning, every Barbara says, sorry, 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 slept in a bit this morning. It's a nice thing about people who listen to LBC. They, they write in and apologise to you when, uh, when, when they haven't listened for a while. I remember telling the story on stage, actually, of a lady called Ivy Hartley, who wrote to LBC and wrote to me in particular over, over years, over years, and she would write, and if she missed a week... She'd, she'd write and apologise the following week and say, I'm terribly sorry, uh, I've been away at my sister's or I've been doing this and doing that. But I never knew anything about her. And I told the, the story on stage last year. Um, and then I get a letter, and I always recognised her writing. She wrote in ink, which is very rare in the stone age. Not many people write in ink. They normally use biro because nobody can be bothered to fill pens up. And, uh, and she wrote, and, it's, and there, was a, there was a letter from her and a letter from somebody else, and it was her sister. And she said... Um, Sadly, Ivy's died, but she wrote this letter, quite clearly before she died, and asked me to pass it on to you. And so I got this letter from her, and she said, you know, when you read this, I won't be here anymore. But I just thought I'd let you know that I listened all the time to LBC, loved hearing the programme, and you became like family and friends to me and everything else. She said, but I've been ill for some years, which, of course, you don't know, do you? You get a letter from somebody, you get a card, you don't know anything about them. It's only because LBC have had so many get-togethers of the listeners over the years, and we've had the shows, that you get to see people. And then people say, I've been listening to you for 25 years, I've been listening to you for 30 years. And, uh, and the one thing I can absolutely guarantee is that some people, certain people, let's just call them disturbed people, have got actually ruder. Uh, you know, some people are really, they're, they're not all there in the head department, they're a bit sad and a bit lonely and a bit stupid. And, uh, and those people are out there. But luckily now, the, uh, the courts have started opening up, so anybody now who writes anything on an, on an email would be a fool. Because there's a certain section up at... Uh, Notting Hill Police Station, where that's all they do, run by a friend of mine called Mark, and all they do is deal with people who write most peculiar things on emails and send them to celebrities and people like that, and uh, they take them into court. They, they just absolutely annihilate them now. Barbara says, I heard you say you like mussels. Mm. I still prefer an olive in my martini. 
I wish I wish somebody could sell an olive to me better. I can't. I've looked at them. I've been down to the markets. They've got different olives. I've been to Christmas markets and they've got olives with pimento in and this. Uh, what try one? Oof, no, thank you. It's like cheese. The only cheese I do. I'm afraid I'm a bit heathen. I do British cheeses. I don't do anything that's soft or squidgy, anything that's got veins in it, anything that pulsates or moves. I don't do anything that's deep fried. We don't do any French cheese or any of that kind of stuff. And anything that smells, we don't do. So I'm kind of stuck with red Leicester and cheddar. I used to do Edam until a friend of mine said, don't bother doing Edam, it's really fattening. Well, I quite like it. Oh, I'll tell you what we've forgotten to do. What have you forgotten to do? Oh, look at that. You were so captivated. Roger, I tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll speak to you after 8.30. Well, we'll call Roger after 8.30. Otherwise, the poor soul won't have any, any chance. Most pointless event of last year. What do you think the most pointless event of last year was? It was that pointless row over Alicia Dixon taking Arlene Phillips's place on the Strictly Come Dancing judging panel. Admittedly, lovely though Alicia Dixon is, she adds nothing to the programme. Absolutely nothing at all. Arlene Phillips, who's going on to another programme with, I think, Nigel Lithgow, which I'm very much looking forward to, uh, will be good. But this row went on for ages and ages, and it was all done to provide a bit of totty. But to be honest with you, Alicia doesn't know anything on the programme, and that's patently obvious when it, uh, when it comes over. Uh, Mandy in Swiss Cottage says, uh, wishing you and the team, especially Amanda, a very happy 2010. Hope you have a very good year. Yes, I think next year's going to be a very, very good year. Provided you all tell your friends to listen to LBC, the happier I will be, because the more people we, we drag into the fold, the better it is. Lisa says, could you do this again next year? Don't care. <laughs> no, next year I've decided I'm taking Christmas off. I'm going to go away for Christmas next year. I, I say that now, I won't, actually. I probably won't. And, uh, Steve, I've seen that ad for 2,365% APR. Totally insane. But as long as they tell you what it is... You're under, no, you're under no illusions whatsoever. I mean, if you're that desperate, and these people prey on the people who are, who are desperate, because if you wanted money, your first port of call would be the bank. If the bank turn you down, which they do in a lot of cases, uh, people have to go elsewhere. That's why a lot of people at Christmas buy all their Christmas presents from a catalogue. Because the agent will come round and say, well, listen, what, what do you need to buy this year? And they're very, they're very helpful to you. It's just that you're paying for it. In fact, the poorer you are, the more interest you pay. The richer you are. It's always said, isn't it, that if, if you owe £10,000 to the bank, they will come and chase you. If you owe £10 million to the bank, they'll treat you like God. Because they need you. So I've always said, borrow, borrow as much as you can. But don't get yourself into debt. And over Christmas, people will. People will get themselves into, into terrible debt. And also tonight, people will be actually going out and buying all sorts of things that perhaps they can't afford. It always amazes me. I'll stand in some stores and it'll be £10.50 and they'll put it on a credit card. And you think, £10.50, this is false economy. There must be an easier way of doing it. Like selling all your gold and jewellery at the moment, which seems to be the latest thing. Every time, it's got a peak. It's got to peak. Every time I turn on the television, there's some woman going, and at the moment, gold prices have never been any better. Just pop it in this envelope and send it in to us, and we will send you money. And so you go, and I looked at all my gold, and I had two, two pieces, and that was it. And I thought, I'm not going to pop this in a thing, because you've all got an idea of what you think your jewellery's worth. Let me tell you, they're scrapping the jewellery. They're not, they're not selling the jewellery on. It's being melted down and made into ingots. So what you're getting is scrap value. So people go, oh, if I send all this in, and then you've got some balmy woman on one of them going, and I got £400. I think yeah, most of you would be lucky to get 100 
But that's what they're relying on. They're relying on... I mean, who can ever have scrap gold jewellery, for God's sake? Surely every piece you've bought and you love. You don't... It's like saying, you know, have have you got scrap gold silver? No, because it's worth diddly squat. They want gold because they melt it down and they make it into ingots. So that favourite ring that some wizened old aunt gave you about 40 years ago is probably not worth very much at all. You know that. Because you've seen the Antiques Roadshow and you've seen how little money these things... And they go, and this here... And they, sh- they showed something beautiful the other day on one of the... Pro- can't remember, might have been Antiques Roadshow. And it was something made by a prisoner. And it was a battle scene, but done inside a globe light. It was absolutely fantastic. The detail, he said, I've never seen detail like it. He said, this is so rare. And it was... It had houses all made out of foil, but tiny, tiny figures. And you viewed it by holding it up to the light... And there were soldiers with bayonets. And they, you could see the, who the Germans were because of the little spike on their helmets. It was stunning. It was as And he went at the end, he went, and I'm thinking, he's going to say this is, this is 10,000 quid. And, uh, and he said, this is probably worth, oh, here we go, he went, probably up to 1,000 pounds. Really? Hardly worth bothering. I would never sell my gold watch. I have four watches. I have my watch that I wear all the time. I've got my father's watch. I've got a watch, I can't tell you where it came from, and I've got another watch as well. <laughs> so I've, I've got four watches. Sorry, what about the other one? Yes, there'll be a story to do with that. We'll do it on stage, I think, maybe. But, um, no, I always wear the same watch. But I, I wore my father's watch for ages. But then I bought myself this watch, which is only a, only a, a Raymond Vile watch. It's not really that expensive. Because I looked in a, in a jewellery shop the other day, and they had all these Rolexes, £8,000. And I thought... If I had that much money, would I waste it on a watch? And I thought, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Nick Ferrari's quite, uh, quite, or a second-hand Bentley, you're quite right, actually. The second-hand Bentley would probably win. But Nick Ferrari's keen on watches. He obviously likes it because when he, when he saw mine, he likes Breitling, doesn't he? I thought, so. are those big, chunky things? Yeah, because he looked at mine and he said, oh, it's a nice watch, isn't it? I said, oh, really, it's quite cheap, you know, as watches go. About 600 quid. And uh, it's rough about the same. Which actually, but it's the only thing I've ever bought in the last 15 years. Man watches. But, but I do like Rolexes, but I could never justify spending £30,000 on a watch. I mean, that is just ridiculous. Um, I mean, and also, I don't think Rolexes uh, are less accurate than cheap ones. I know, but it's the fact you've got a Rolex, isn't it? I've got a fake Rolex at home. But frankly, I can't wear it because it makes my wrist green. But uh, and they, they now do them. They're, I mean, the fakes are really good. But then, you know, if you're sitting there, what do you do? You hang your watch out the side of the car. You go, oh, look, I've got a Rolex. It tells the time. You know, I can go, oh, look, it's coming up to... Well, actually, I can't on this one because it only does the main figures and I can't read very well. It's coming up to sort of 28 minutes past eight. And you think, well, you know, any watch will tell you that. It even tells me on my phone. I turn it on and it goes, it's, eight, oh, it's 8.27 now, you see. So not even my watch is accurate. Ridiculous. But would, would I buy that? I saw a Dolce & Cabana one the other day, which was studded with all diamonds and jewellery. And I think Shirovsky make one, or Zorovsky, uh, with all these things. And I thought, perhaps I'll buy that, because Paul Savory bought me one from, from Thailand, and it's all studded with, with, uh, with jewels. It's all fake, but it looks fantastic on stage. It sort of glitters, and it kind of fits in with the jackets and all the other things. So that's good news. But apart from that, I couldn't justify spending £30,000. I'm not a footballer. I'm quite intelligent. And a lot of young people don't wear a watch because they use mobiles. So that's it. And so that's why so many kids used to read about them in the paper. Oh, so-and-so got mugged for their, uh, for their thing. Nobody dare, dare try it with me, I tell you. Welcome to DFS. This is LBC 97.3. 
I love that music. I, I don't know what that last track was. Was that Calvin Harris or was it somebody else? Whatever it was, I loved it to pieces. Anyway, 21 minutes to uh, nine. Roger Foss. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. How are, are well? you? well. I'm very good, yes. thank you. Very good indeed. Yes, you sound on top form. I'm not in such top good form because uh, I was uh, eating my muesli yesterday morning and one of my crowns popped out. Oh, <laughs> so no. if I'm lisping a bit this morning, um, oh. that's the reason why. Do you so know what you can go to? A friend of mine had exactly the same, Michael, my friend the hairdresser, and he had a mm. crown uh, fall out as well when he was eating something and he went to... Where did he go to? It might have been a chemist, and he bought this kit where you mix these two glues together, like a bit of araldite, oh. and he said he glued it back in. What, like a bit of super glue for it's the dentist? Bit, well, I have heard of people who have used super glue. I couldn't recommend really? super glue, but you can glue things oh. back in. Oh, no. I, I'm, I, well, my first New Year's resolution is to go and see my dentist on Monday morning. Yes, <laughs> yes. Fit it or do whatever she has to do. Yes. But, but yeah, I, was, I, was, I thought, well, this Alpen, they, they certainly put some very hard nuts in it. Then I realised what, what it was. Sometimes they're not nuts, <laughs> are they? Sometimes they're like bits of metal I've discovered in there. Not, not bits of metal, but sometimes there's something so hard in there, you think, oh, my God. <laughs> I ended up losing a bridge on smoked salmon once. Oh, really? The whole bridge fell out because of the suction, for some ah, reason. Ah, that's what it is, is it? It's, it's not hard things that you're eating. It's things like muesli and smoked salmon and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, there's nothing anyway. worse than, than ending up with something over a holiday period that you need to go and see the dentist. And, of course, they're all enjoying themselves holidaying. Do well, dentists absolutely. do their own teeth? Oh, I'm sure they do. I think my dentist must do. She, she's she's brilliant, actually. She's cured any of those fears that one might have of going to the dentist. Yes, but I, I, I like my dentist. That it's, it's not a crown at the front or something like that. Otherwise, I just no. wouldn't go out. <laughs> no, it is true. The, the worst thing I've ever had, I think, years and about 20, 30 years ago, was an abscess. Oh, dear. Oh, that was oh. dreadful, where they have to drill up into the tooth. The oh, tr- don't talk about <laughs> it. Oh, no, no, don't, don't. Oh, no, no. Horrible, horrible. Just be careful. Then you end up eating on one side of your mouth and not the other one. Somebody. Oh, yes. Oh, dear. Well, I'm talking on one side of my mouth at the moment. Oh. Not that you can tell, I see. If I no. told you, you would never know, would you? You're not in pain, though, are you? Not at all, no, no. not at the moment, anyway. <laughs> not at the moment. <laughs> sure <it> <laughs> right, now, we, we must talk about, and we, what we'll do, we, we'll talk for a couple of minutes, then we'll take a break, then we'll come back and talk more. Oh, OK. Uh, this Get Into London Theatre, which starts 1st of January, tomorrow. Well, it does, doesn't it? This is really uh, Theatreland's own January sale, I'm sure. We, we have it every year, but uh, it runs from tomorrow until uh, the 12th of February, and it means that there are loads of London shows... <clears throat> that are doing cut price ticket deals over that period and it's a great opportunity to go and see shows like Billy Elliot and Jersey Boys and uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's with Anna Friel or The Rise and Fall of Little Voice with Diana Vickers or, and, and, and tickets are going for prices like 10 quid or 15 quid or Thirty-five pounds. So you could you could get sixty-two pound fifty seats for Oliver, for example, for thirty-five quid, which I think is pretty good going. But what's also so good about this is that there are lots of other events too that uh, grab my eye. Like, for example, there are open house events for a couple of th- at a couple of theatres at the Ambassadors Theatre. You can go there, and I'm not sure what they're doing, but stomps on, and they open the doors to the general public there one evening before the show. And the same at the Victoria Palace, where Billy Elliot, of course, is on. Mm. And there are also dancing and, and singing workshops. And I thought, oh, I might go to one of those. <laughs> go to a singing workshop and <clears throat> come out as, an, as another Susan Boyle or something like that. <laughs> oh, dear. Not sure <laughs> oh, about dear, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One's enough. Yeah. <laughs> 
with a tooth missing. I know. <laughs> um, but um, so, so lots of uh, events. But the thing that really struck me was that uh, there are some walks as well, theatre land walking tours as part of Get Into London Theatre. And, of course, Diane Burstein is a great friend of yours, I'm oh, sure. Yes, I know. And, um, and she's a blue badge guide, and she's organising these and, and doing them, and they're completely free. I, I was looking at this on the website for Get Into London Theatre, and I thought, oh, well, how much would it be? And it's free. It's free. There are, <laughs> uh, apparently there are 30 places on each of these walks, and there are four of them uh, during, during January, and the dates are on the, on the website. And it means that you've got a, a, a blue badge guide, Diane Bernstein, taking you around London theatre land and looking at the history of the theatres and the, and the district and the area. And I'm sure she, she of all people, will know everything about everything there is to know really yes. about theatre land yeah. and uh, and so you go to all the theatres but you also go to places like the actors church in covent, covent garden. garden yes yeah um now there are backstage tours of some of the theatres palladium the palladium are doing one and the garrick and i think there's one at the theatre old drury lane but but this um theatre land walking tour is something that i'm thinking of signing up to and you you just turn up apparently i've never done this before you just turn up at the tkts booth just opposite where you are sitting at this very moment. No oh, right. And you turn up there, uh, it's 2.30 on the 9th, 27th and the 17th of January, and off you go, walking round theatre land. So, in other words, it's oh. healthy, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's good for you, and you learn something. And you learn something, yeah. yes. You can find out all the kind of backstage stories and yeah. the history of theatre land, and, uh, and, and, and generally have a, a jolly good time, I think. So, apart from free tickets and acting and dance classes and singing mm. and <laughs> all, the other stuff. all that goes with it and yeah. getting in to see shows at, at rock bottom prices some of them uh it's uh, it's a it's a great thing to do and and of course it, right. it ties in as, as well with theater land booming all right hang on a minute i've just got to take a very quick break for the news headlines don't don't go anywhere back with roger in a moment news headlines with tom Cheel claims that the kidnapping of a british reed Morning, everybody. Back with uh, Roger Foss now. So we've uh, recommended Get Into London Theatre, which starts tomorrow. Yes, Get tomorrow. Into London Theatre. It starts tomorrow, although the bookings are already open. But yes. um, it, the, the booking period is from tomorrow until the 12th of February. And mm. there's a website, www.getintolondontheatre.co.uk. So okay. um, very easy, very easy and, and, and a great thing to do, I think, in a, in a West End that... Appears to be booming, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, especially this year, we, we've had some uh, some fantastic shows, mostly plays, by the way, not not so much musicals. Mm. Everyone was complaining, weren't they, that West, the West End was full of musicals? But we've had some a lot of serious drama this year, and, and the and the and the takings have gone up. So good, good. Well, <laughs> the first half of the year, we got this um, thing from the Society of London Theatres, didn't we? That uh, attendances were up, but and, and box office re- receipts were up, and that and that plays were doing well. So it'd be interesting to see what happened in the last six months of this year, um, whether, whether it's like you walk through the West End at the moment uh, in the evening and theatres are all milling around, people milling out of them or mm. going in or whatever, and you think, well, recession? What recession? Yes, I, I agree um, with you. People want to go out and either enjoy themselves or get, in, get their teeth into some very serious play. So we've had all you know, the Jude Laws and the Lenny Henrys and the Ian McKellens and... Well, it's now Sir Patrick Stewart, isn't it? <laughs> he's, he's, say. he's gone all posh on us. And also <laughs> Sir Nicholas Heitner. 
Oh, yes, I'm pleased about that, actually. Yeah. Nicol Titan running the National Theatre. But I'm also pleased that Phyllida Lloyd got a CBE, because, mm-hmm. of course, she directed Mamma Mia. She did the stage show, but then went on to do the movie. And, yeah. uh, and you know, and, and Margaret Tyzak, too, one of my favourite Yes, pleased about that, too. been around for so long, mm. for goodness sake. I mean, it's about <laughs> time, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes. Actually, I must just mention, because it's, it's my big bugbear, because we're in Leicester Square, and we have the official half-price ticket booth here, around the yeah. outside there are lots of other places which also claim to be the official half-price ticket booth, which they are not. And if any of them yeah. say that they're offering half-price tickets for Wicked, it's a blatant lie, because Wicked don't discount their tickets at all. The tickets they're selling you are the worst seats in the house right at the very, very back. Yes, I agree totally. It's almost like the equivalent of being mugged, yes. actually. It, it's, it's, a, it's something that, I don't know how these places get away with it, but they make it look, they use the word official. Yes. Or, or, or whatever. And it Four makes of them round here, I can see them from here. And they have people in jackets standing there go, official t- half-price ticket booth, and they're not. Mm. The only, affi- I wish that we could appeal to, fi- I feel like going up to all the people in the queues going, these, these are not official half-price ticket booths, it's round there in Leicester Square. I know, and you not see here. people, uh, they, uh, of course they prey on, on visitors to London yes. and tourists and people who haven't booked in advance, because lots of people come to town having already booked their tickets, they come on and coach parties or whatever and and special deals and hotels and things. But people wander around the West End and they see this and they think, Mm. oh, look, there's a... Oh, tickets all cheap. Tickets of Billy yes. Elliot or something and like that. And they now set up... That. There's obviously money in it because they set up in what can... in what can be described as a space one foot by one foot. Well, yes, that's right. And, uh, yes, little tiny booths. Yeah. <laughs> there's only one and it's in the middle of Leicester Square and people queue for it. The others are not official at all. It's the equivalent, really, of the ticket touts, which yes. seem to have virtually disappeared now. But uh, you see people looking very disappointed sometimes in the West End. No, it's illegal to call themselves booth. official half-price ticket booth. They're not official half-price ticket booths. The only one is the Society of West End Theatre in Leicester Square. These other ones are touts round here. Well, they are, and I, I feel sorry for those people who, who, who go down that road thinking they're getting a bargain, then end yeah. up watching... The rise and fall we of We watched one the other day. It said, well, it said half-price tickets for Wicked. The Wicked do not do half-price tickets. Mm. They yeah. do not do half-price tickets. They're not the yeah. official half-price ticket booth. What they're yeah, selling you... is tickets. We didn't say they were illegal. What they are not is official. They're not the official half-price ticket booth. The tickets are real, but they're the worst seats in the house. What they're right. selling you are the crap seats. They're selling yeah. you... They're doing... £18 seats for Wicked. That's the cheapest seat that they sell at Wicked. They don't sell exactly. them at any other price. Exactly. You can get, you can get, a, mm. a, a, you can get cheap seats in, mm. in any West End theatre. You can go and sit in the, in the, get in the gallery somewhere yes. in the upper circle at those prices. Uh, but, um, you should but only buy from get. the official half-price ticket booth, not yeah. the other ones which are not official. Well, their allocation of tickets that they bought or yes. got hold of would be the ones that nobody else wants. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so the 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 the, the real the TKTS booth is uh, is fantastic. You can just go along there. There's always a queue there. There is actually. only one. Let me just stress this to the producer this morning. There is only one official half-price ticket booth licensed by the Society of West End Theatre, and that's directly opposite our front door. These others are not official ticket booths. That's right. And you know you where go it is? The, what, the real The producer one? doesn't even know where it is, which is a bit oh, of a worry. God, it's heaven. right. It's outside your front door. He doesn't know where it is. He, but doesn't he know what that... No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. They're not queuing up 
for, for burgers. Or... He thinks it's a burger bar. <laughs> He's got no idea. He thinks it's an offshoot of McDonald's. He thinks you stand oh, there. Yeah. At night time, of course, it becomes a minicab office. <laughs> which is even funnier. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which I didn't realise. <laughs> now, that's a new one. Did me, you know that? Piece. I didn't know. that. I, I looked at it the other day, and I saw people queuing up there. And I said to yeah. them, what's that? And they went, it becomes a minicab office at night. I didn't know that. You put minicabs through there, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so so you can get a safe minicab from there? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that's new. I, that ought to be on Diane Bernstein's walk. <laughs> well, I didn't know about it either. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's, yeah, I'll have to go along and have, check that one out and see if I can get a cab. <laughs> it's the only official minicab office in central London, in Leicester it's Square. It's closed after, yeah. after selling tickets, then. It's the only one in Leicester Square, yes. Mm. We have no other minicab offices official in Leicester Square. It's the only one, strangely enough. Oh, well. We have some other ones with funny little orange lights flashing outside them. Well, you've got everything in, 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 your, in your area, haven't you? We have, including some of the worst food and living memory, but there you go. Oh, dear. Can't have yeah. everything. So, listen, uh, Arturo Brichetti finishes uh, Monday, uh, I think. On Monday, I think Third. it is, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. other shows running. Some of, the shows seem, some of the shows seem to be running really well at the moment. Pantomime's doing particularly well this year. Pantomime's doing well. There are, there are shows... Well, let's face it, there's shows all over the place, and, yeah. and they, they, everyone wants to go and see something. It's either, it may be to do with the recession, you, you, you want something a bit, a bit serious, maybe, to take your mind off it, in, in, in a different way to the way in which you would if you go and see a, see a musical. Yeah. So, uh, there, there is really, at the moment, something for everybody, and I, and I think, too, there's a great programme of shows coming up that <laughs> you think, well, it's going to continue, isn't it, with... Um, I think Legally Blonde is the first big show opening, although that's already in previews. I was going to ask you about that. This is the one that's got mm. Duncan James of Blue in. That's right, and, and Sheridan Smith. That's right, Sheridan Smith. Yes. Is it, it, it's in preview, is it, at the moment? It's what? Is it in preview? It's in preview. It's been oh. in preview for a few weeks. And oh. it actually opens officially, I think, in a few weeks' time, about three weeks' time or something Never like that. Never heard of previews so, lasting that long. It's a long time, isn't it? It is a long time. It's a long time. But then I suppose it it sort of uh, avoids having to take the thing on tour and get it all working properly before it comes into the West End. Yeah. Apparently, according to some of the press reports, whether you can believe it or not, that um, the previews have been packed. Uh, Well, probably for Duncan James, I would think. Well, I guess so. I guess so. It wouldn't necessarily be... The title of the show, I wouldn't think, and and there are no songs in it that anybody particularly knows. No. Although it was a big a kind of success on Broadway and is still touring in the states, but nevertheless, that's the first big musical, and, and and there aren't really many musicals coming up. We've got, by the way, David Essex's musical coming to the Garrick, another theatre just near you. The um, what's it called? The All, All the Fun of the Fair. <laughs> oh, which was the uh, title of an album, wasn't it, he had? Absolutely. So I think, in a way, this is going to be a, a bit of a David Essex jukebox musical with um, songs like, what, what was it, You're Going to Make Me a Star and all yes. of that thrown into it. I didn't see it when it was on tour, but that's one of the which musicals. It was taken from the uh, movie Stardust, I think. Stardust, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So David Essex back in the West End, okay. and, of course, the big one, the big one, not until March is um, the follow-up to Phantom of the Opera, Love Never Dies, right. the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, which means uh, the Phantom has now moved from the Paris Opera House to uh, go and haunt the fairgrounds of Coney Island. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Do we know who's starring in that? Uh, well, it's um, Ramin Karimloo, who, who was a brilliant 
Phantom, I think probably one of the best Phantoms ever, um, will be playing the Phantom 2. And Sierra Bogues, who was in one of the Disney shows uh, on Broadway, mm. um, Little Mermaid, I think. We don't actually know her that well here. Um, so uh, they're the two stars. But uh, Neve Perry, who was one of the... She wanted to be Maria in one of the, one of the um, reality shows on telly that Andrew Lloyd Webber... Uh, was involved in for um, Sound of Music. Yeah. Neve, do you remember her? Yes, Little I Irish do, absolutely, girl? yes, yes, um, yes. She's in it, and uh, Summer Stralan, too, is in it. Oh, lovely. Both on Andrew Lloyd Webber Proteges. So yeah. it'll look fantastic. I- I've seen some of the imagery for it. The Coney Island fairground look is going to be amazing. And I've heard at the launch one of the songs from the show, the um, fantastic Andrew Lloyd Webber opening, this amazing waltz that he's written. And to hear that in full orchestration was really Lovely. quite something. Okay. So what the rest of it will be like, we will have yet to find out. Don't but worry. We'll be so talking we'll... about it together, won't we? Certainly will be. Nice <laughs> to have something to look forward to. Listen, have a very happy new year. And you, Steve. And uh, see you down the half-price uh, official ticket booth in Leicester Square. Oh, yeah, I'll be hanging around there waiting for a cab. <laughs> get your cab there as well. I think I might start doing kebabs, actually. I'm going to get one of those mobile things. Everybody else is doing chestnuts and hot dogs. I thought I'd do kebabs. Oh, that's an idea. I hadn't thought of that. You can be the only official oh, mobile that. kebab seller in Leicester Square. Yeah. <laughs> I quite fancy that idea. Anyway, Good have a lovely morning, time. We'll talk to you next year. OK, Steve, Take bye. Care. bye. Roger Foss. And uh, go check out that uh, special deal for all people going to the theatre here in London. We Energy Saving Live. A sneaking feeling that people are going to freeze in the street. It's so cold in here today. Move your little legs in here and just turn it up a bit. Because, frankly, I'm going to have to put, have to put a jumper on any second now. So cold. I know Nick Ferrari likes it cold, but, frankly... The boy after ten this morning will be walking in here going, you watch, you're going to walk in now again. Nice and warm. Not, is it? It's cold. <laughs> Bitterly cold. Nice hot cup of coffee wouldn't go amiss. Anyway, so I'd mention that now. If I do it actually on air, the official coffee machine at the top of the corridor I'd like you to use. I don't want to use any of the uh, other ones around the outside. Uh, Chris and Sally from St Peter Port in Guernsey. Uh, greetings from the avid Channel Island listeners. We make sure we wake up at five every morning. Must be quite a late day for you now at six minutes past nine. And uh, quite literally, stumbled upon LBC by chance on the internet. Been hooked ever since. Which is what we like to hear. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, I sent my husband's wedding ring off from his previous marriage to the Postal Gold people. We got £15. <laughs> I don't think they're worth very much, actually, all these things. I think people see somebody sitting there going... Oh, you know, it's worth a fortune, you're going to get this, you're going to get that. I've got £400. I think that's, uh, that's very few and far between, I think. Very few and far between. Most people, it'd just be a, you know, £100 or £50. Uh, Steve, uh, another one here. Um, um, John, the projectionist. He said, I want to pay tribute to the other Peter Moore, London's official town crier. I knew him for 38 years. Yes, I knew him, actually, very well. Uh, Anne in Richmond says, I miss Roger's take on Pantos. Did he mention Richmond Snow White? Have you heard anything about it? I'm going next week. Uh, I haven't, but they're always good, the Pantos there. Always good. Always, always, always good, I think. Uh, one person won £10 million last night on the lottery. Was it you? Does it sound like it was me? If I was... It was you, was it? Yeah. I did buy a ticket, actually, at the last minute. Hoping, you know, because we all, we all become a little bit... Um, a little bit superstitious. And you think, if I buy it at the last minute and then don't think about it, perhaps it'll pick me. And then you think, it's 14 million to one. 
And then I bought a ticket on the Euro million, so that's 75 million to one. So in other words, if every single person in this country, not just your street, bought a ticket, it's got to find yours. It does happen, but it's, you know, as they say, it could be you. Steve, I saw Roger Moore being interviewed on television recently. He looked very old. Well, he is very old, I think. People do get old, that's the thing. And can you wish my niece, Joy Pack, a happy birthday today? Love, Aunt Joyce, and Happy New Year to you, Steve. So, Joy Pack, hello, Joy. So, uh, I shall wish the same to you. A very happy birthday. And everybody else is celebrating today. Many, many happy returns of the day. Uh, one here that says, don't use super glue on the teeth. Um, because I had to have new ones made. The dentist was not pleased. Yeah, but you pay for it. Dentist couldn't care less. You go in there. The de- it's like people who do their own car repairs. They go in there. They do their own car repairs. You screw it up. Then you go to a garage and they say, who did this? And you go, uh, I did. It's like m- people who cut their own hair. I've seen various implements over the years. Scissors and shavers and stuff like that. Is this official coffee? I don't know if it's not official. If it's not official coffee, I'm not drinking it. And I can tell. Yeah. Love the froth on the top. It's great. Thank you. Very good. It's warming up in here. Not. And, um, I know. What can I do about it? It just doesn't warm up, does it? It's cold. It's all right for you lot sitting next door with a heater and Ugg boots and stuff like that. 84850, uk. Uh, have you seen Morecambe at the Duchess? Nope, I haven't. But I, I read great things on it. Great things on it. Which is, uh, which is good news. Uh, Daily Mail this morning. We've all got pictures, for some reason, of Danielle Bucks. This is, uh, Gary Lineker's, uh, wife. I don't know why that would be so interesting to people. As I say, she was the one complaining a short while ago. Went to court, didn't she? About intrusion of privacy and all this kind of rubbish. And then the next minute, they're lapping it up like a good one. And so every time she's pictured out, she wears a different coloured bikini. And, um, just like Cheryl who's married to Chelsea defender Ashley Cole. Danielle was accompanied by her own matching footballer, albeit a retired one. They're wintering in the Caribbean. It's great, isn't it, when you think about Danielle Box's mum, which I always used to laugh about, I'm afraid. Um, sports stars are abandoning the England team for the Commonwealth Games in India next year uh, amid security fears. Some of the nation's greatest medal hopes are citing excuses ranging from bad timing to the risk of tummy bugs to avoid going to the tournament in Delhi. Uh, lovely picture of uh, Jensen Button, who's just been given an award as well. And strangely enough, the woman in charge of the bungled surveillance operation on Jean-Charles de Menezes, uh, who was shot dead by police, is honoured. Cressida Dick was given the Queen's Police Medal for Distinguished Service. Very bizarre, isn't it? There's a new camera out, actually. If you're thinking of buying me a present for the new year, this is a ca- you'd like this one. This is a camera which portrays you as a picture of perfection. It's a new uh, Casio... Exilim, the EXS12, which features a makeup mode which uses simple technical tricks to smooth skin, enhance cheekbones, and illuminate eyes. All for £200. I like this. What it does to create the appearance of flawless skin and hide imperfections, the £200 camera softens shadows and shiny patches caused by sunlight and harsh white light, and the changes to your appearance can be as minor. Or dramatic as you wish, because the makeup setting has 12 levels. And they've shown you. They've got a, a few... Pi- to be honest with you, I'm looking at it, I can't see that much difference. But there again, it's uh, it's only it's about half an inch thick, I think. The EX. Is this the EX? Yeah, the S12. And now, I like Casio. So I've got a little Casio as well. And I bought it because it's got the, the screen at the back. And I think that's, that's quite a good thing. But I'm looking at these pictures. They don't look... It does look a bit softened, but sometimes things can look a bit too softened. 
I'm not too sure about this. I'm not too sure. £200, though. And of course, um, Casio, as you know, make very good uh, keyboards. Official, I think they're the official maker of, uh, of keyboards. I think, and they also make pens and torches, don't they? And Casio, don't they make calculators? Wasn't that how they started? Is it a Japanese company, or are they officially known as Japan's number one company? They make watches as well. Didn't Casio make... Didn't they have the watch that people could use to open other people's cars? It had a remote built in, and it turned out that if you held the two buttons down while somebody was opening their car with a remote, it transferred it to your Casio, and then people were using it to open cars again. You remember that one? Just me again. Remember the Sony camera that when you used it at night time, you could see through people's clothing? That was a pretty cool one. No, seriously, absolutely. It was a fault on the Sony camera. And they were withdrawn very quickly. Absolutely. I'll bet you a million pounds. If I knew you had a million pounds, I'd go for it. But, of course, you haven't got a million. But he's now going to have to go. Every time you say something to, the, to, to Alec, he has to go and check it. And every time, he's always... Pre- it's so embarrassing. It's just, you know, I don't like doing it. It was a Sony camera. Saw, sees, saw through clothes. Sees through clothes? Saw through clothes. And... Uh, there you go. It's a Sony night vision cam. Oh, should we just pay the money now and say, I am sorry, Steve? Because there it was. It was It was absolutely... I promise you, they brought this thing out because somebody said, how fantastic. A lot of people are saying it's an internet scam, but it absolutely wasn't an internet scam. The internet scam was the fact that people put it on the internet scam. But it's, uh, it is a, a digital camera that came out, and it was, a, it was a problem with the Sony thing. They had a problem with it. and In fact, it's, it's very, very bizarre. It was a pass filter. It's a real lens... But it was a filter that sort of saw through things. Don't ask me how, but it just did. And now they've developed it even further, and they're using it at airports. And that was the big problem that people were saying. I don't want somebody looking through a camera so they can see what I look like naked underneath. But they were saying it's an awful lot safer. So all they've done is just develop the technology. I'm going to start writing the I am sorry letter at the moment. I'll take it for... You know, if you want to apologise later, I don't mind, really. Uh, I mentioned poor Paul Gaza Gascoigne's... No, I want it on official headed notepaper. I just don't want it on the screen. <laughs> is that an official screen or is it a non-official screen? Paul Gascoigne's daughter appearing in Piers Morgan's documentary about Marbella, the Spanish watering hole for chavs. And there's none chavier, I'm afraid, than Paul Bianca Gascoigne, a woman for whom the, the word talent doesn't even come into it. Uh, 84850, uk. Do you know there's a new machine which relieves back pain? A lot of people suffer with back pain and they will spend a small fortune. And this is a a TENS machine, a portable device that stimulates nerves with tiny pulses of electricity, will not help back pain. Although widely used for pain relief, and they say used in pain clinics, uh, a lot of doctors say there is no benefit for people using these machines for chronic lower back pain. Now, I remember years ago when I used to work in a shop, there was a company that came in there, and I can't remember what they were called, but they used to sell chairs, chairs for people who had uh, rheumatism and bad backs and things like that. And these chairs were so expensive, and people would spend a fortune on it, because if you suffer with a bad back, you'll do absolutely anything. Incidentally, for anybody who's got epilepsy uh, or certain types of heart disease, you should not use any machine which provides pulses and sends them through your body because it can be extremely dangerous. 9.15. With the travel, it's uh, Joanne Webb. Thanks, Steve. On the M25 at Clock. Steve Allen.
Morning, a very nice to be company. I noticed, actually, after we mentioned the other day of the rather pointless uh, Peaches Geldof, a rather vacuous, deeply unattractive little crone who resides in America now, and her stunt involving a gun, which she held to uh, the, uh, the ear of one of her so-called friends... Uh, I noticed that, uh, far from apologising, because she's rather stupid, she has to get her spokeswoman to say the gun was a child's plastic toy and added, Peaches does not condone violence. Doesn't actually appear to do anything on this TV programme, which I'm embarrassed to tell you a friend of mine made. Uh, Steve, there's also a half-price ticket booth at Brent Cross. We weren't talking about that one. We were just talking the one in Leicester Square. Uh, another one here. I sent uh, gold to these uh, cash people, a pair of... 22-carat gold earrings, as the owner didn't want them. The value of them was over £100, but I was sent only 25 So what you do, if, if you don't like the money they offer, they send your jewellery back. I don't know how long you have to wait for it, but normally it's, uh, it's a week turnaround, I think. And Tell has got one of those Casio watches that open the cars. The problem they then discovered was, because you can make it learn your own car opening thing. Uh, if you do it with somebody else's car when they're doing it, they discover that from a, a fairly long distance you could actually get the code and it would transfer it to your Casio watch and then people were, were breaking into them, which was a problem. Is the studio kept cold to stop you dropping off? Says Diana. Quite probably, actually. I don't know actually why it's kept cold. Most people, they say, if it's too warm you drop off. If it's cold, it keeps you awake. But to be honest with you, Nick has it, so it's so cold. Although last week, twice... Twice last week, once a week before. It was so cold. Even he walked in and went, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit cold in here, isn't it? Uh, 84850, Steve again. Poor old Dan says there are two official half... But we weren't talking about London. What's the matter with these people? Are they not listening or something? So uh, there again, we were only talking about Leicester Square, of which there is only one official half-price ticket booth. So wrong for you, Dan, I'm afraid. Poor soul. Uh, Brian says, enjoy your story of buying underwear in M&S when the assistant said, would you like a bag, when you said, yes, she tutted. Why do they ask you if you want bags in shops? I don't understand this now. You go in, you spend a lot of money on something, and then they go, do you want a bag? And you're standing there with 20 items. What are you going to do? Shove it in your pocket. Perhaps bags have got very expensive all of a sudden, because I'm constantly asked if I want bags. And then in Marks and Spencers, they're constantly asking, you know, would you like a bag? You know, and you go, yes, of course I want a bag. Always. Uh, heard you talk about gold. I recently sold a gold necklace, says Lindy, that my mother-in-law left me. Uh, as money was a bit tight and the husband didn't stop me, I tried to sell it on one of those gold sites. Within a week of posting the, the uh, piece, I received a cheque for over £700, which goes to prove it was probably worth about 1500 I would think. Even though one of them, and I don't know how they work this out, says that they will double the amount if you can get more from somebody else. I don't know how they work that out. But uh, bearing in mind... What you're doing, actually, is you're getting scrap value for gold because it's all going to be melted down. They're not going to sell it on at all. Uh, this is from uh, Jane and husband in Guernsey. There's obviously quite a lot of people listening in Guernsey. Is there, is there a radio station in Guernsey? I'm not actually sure whether... You're, yes, there must be one over there, mustn't there? Well, it's Guernsey Radio, probably, I would think. Uh, Audrey uh, Don and Guide Dog Major... Like all the little bits of tittle-tattle from the theatre world, so that's good news, isn't it? And, uh, and Joan says, Dale's done one of these adverts. Yes, I know. They're all doing it. I think what it'll be, it'll be this year's or last year's uh, thing to talk about on the television. It's either the Go Compare, the Meerkats or the Gold adverts. And they start... I saw somebody in a shopping centre the other day. We were down in Brighton. And there was somebody there who had a stall and they were buying second-hand gold, and he was weighing it out and then giving people the money for it as well. So it's obviously the new thing. They must think people have got loads and loads of gold lying around and you want to turn it into cash. Same as anything, I suppose. Uh, my best bit of Christmas 
Says, Joan was watching my son running into the sea on Boxing Day. He swears it wasn't that cold. He's going to make it an annual event. He was raising money for the old school. See YouTube Ventnor Boxing Day Swim. People do it in the serpentine. Every year they run into the serpentine and I just think to myself, why would you want to do it? Perhaps they don't feel the cold. Perhaps they don't feel the cold. Uh, Another one here. My three radio dials are glued to your broadcast each morning. £30,000 or £30 for a fake Rolex. Uh, I, I quite, but the fake ones are so much better than they used to be. They used to be absolutely dreadful, but now they're absolutely, you know, they're, they're spot on, I think. Um, I burn a podcast disc every day for my mum and family to listen to, so that's why the Can You Burn the Podcast to CD was appropriate. So there it is. So you can burn it, and then you just pass it on to somebody, I suppose, or do whatever you want with it. Uh, went to Romford. That's Chris. Like, you know, I, I must be the only person. I like Romford. I think the market there is absolutely fantastic. Um, and Tony says, see-through camera. I thought you were talking about well, rubbish. I was even going to borrow the million pounds to have a wager with you until I checked. So it's another official I'm sorry notice. I know. Never been caught out yet. It's almost embarrassing to be right all the time. Will you be sending your gold taps to the gold scrap firm, says film. Uh, Phil? Uh, I'm the only person who doesn't have gold taps. I never wanted gold taps. My uncle's got gold taps when they were, when they were fashionable. Oh, where is the, uh, the filthiest, worst city in the world? Apparently, come as no surprise to people who live there, Wolverhampton. The Lonely Planet Guide have named Wolverhampton as, uh, as the dirtiest, filthiest, fifth worst city, worst city in the entire world. Isn't that absolutely unbelievable? Apparently, it saw off competition from Chennai in India, finishing only behind crime-hit Detroit, Accra in Ghana, Seoul and Los Angeles. I didn't think Los Angeles was that bad. I went there some years ago and I thought it was quite good. I thought Las Vegas was actually very, very clean and tidy. Apparently Singapore's the best you've all nominated. So I'm very grateful for that. Happy New Year, says uh, Margaret Finchley to her friend Janice on the first day of retirement. Yes, my my neighbour Lynn has uh, retired as well. And Ray says, I'm listening to you in Singapore. I shall be back home in Ilford on Sunday from my annual visit. I've never been. Isn't it funny? We were just talking about Singapore. I'd love to go there just to see if it's as uh, tiny. Sorry, as uh, clean and tidy as uh, every tells me. Uh, and Nigel says, when I lived in Barnet in the early 70s, there was a Chinese restaurant where on weekdays you could get a businessman's lunch for 32p. You got soup, main course, and a pineapple fritter. Even by the standards of the time, it was incredibly cheap. I agree with you. I, I thought the, we loved it because we'd never had Chinese food before. Oh, bad news, I'm afraid. Kelly Brooks been given a dog by her boyfriend for Christmas. I do hate it when relationships give pets as if they were some sort of accessory. So uh, the ridiculous Kelly Brook has been given this uh, pug. It's the pet sort of favoured by so-called Hollywood celebrities. And so she takes it in and out. Like most people, these dogs never seem to walk. They seem to carry them around or stick them in a box. She's carrying this one out in a cage. They reckon if it's pedigree, they can cost up to a few thousand pounds. And it was for a, a gift from her boyfriend, Danny Cipriani. I do wish people wouldn't give pets as presents. It's just totally ridiculous. And I'm afraid, again, they sort of dress them up in little things and she holds it like it's a budgerigar. I can only say... And, you know, why the RSPCA don't get involved with these sort of cases? I've got no idea. It happily took a woman to court for leaving goldfish and going away on holiday. And yet somebody... I remember when Jerry Halliwell used to turn up at the Ivy and carry her dog in. They walk. They've got legs. You don't just sort of, you know, hold these things. It does annoy me. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Mike says, are you staying in tonight? I can't bear New Year's Eve. Isn't it funny that, you know, people just have gone off it? I think if you get a bit older, 
a bit older, I think you then sort of think there must be better things to do. You go round to, uh, to friends. We definitely want a bag. If you get the clothes dirty, they wouldn't take them back, says Janet. Uh, Annette says, I was in the northeast over Christmas and saw the uh, ads for cash for scrap gold. It's all scrap gold, isn't it? And uh, Simon says, I have one of those back chairs. Cost £1,400. And it's worth every penny. <laughs> Crikey. Steve, don't be annoyed with the checkout girls regarding bags. We're only doing what we're told by the management. Don't you think we're sick and tired of asking people and constantly giving them out? No, I don't. Surely you can think for yourself. You know, I just I don't, I don't understand the mentality behind looking at 20 items sitting there and they go, do you want a bag? You go, well, of course I want a bag. It's ridiculous. I spent people, uh, I spent Christmas with people who had flu. I spent the whole time saying, I won't catch it. Guess what, says Lisa. I caught flu. It's doing the rounds, isn't it? Doing the rounds, I'm afraid. Martin Jackson died the other day. Martin Jackson was the former Daily Mail TV and radio editor. You might remember him, those people old enough. He edited Broadcast magazine for a while, and he was also a regular panellist on ATV's original New Faces. And he had a moustache. He was 75. And uh, he started at the Ham and High in North London. Spent 21 years in Fleet Street. So uh, he died the other day after a long illness. I remember him very, very well indeed. Very, very well indeed. So sad news there. And do you remember the um, Britain who was executed, Akmal Sheikh, uh, in northwest China by lethal injection the other day. As Calvin McKenzie says, it seems ironic he was executed by lethal injection, which is how most people uh, use heroin. And he's been buried already. His family weren't allowed to uh, to see him after he died. Uh, they had asked for a Muslim burial, which demands, of course, that the body be buried intact. But you know that China has a notorious record of harvesting executed prisoners' organs and selling them for the domestic transplant trade. Uh, a Chinese official said his body was intact when it was buried uh, in, strangely enough, not a plot for executed prisoners in a, in a huge Muslim graveyard. And presumably that's where he's going to spend the rest of his day, but very little sympathy in this country, I'm afraid. And, uh, and coming out to everybody, Jane Hill, the newsreader. At the ripe old age of 40, she's disclosed, strangely enough, to the corporation's in-house magazine that she lives in a non-marital bliss status with her partner, Sarah, and their dog, Mavis. Why is it that people get to a certain age and they feel this overwhelming urge to tell the public that they're gay? I can't imagine it makes the slightest difference whether you newsread or hang glide for a living. Why on earth you want to then tell people? The Dutch, incidentally, are getting these full-body scanners. Uh, this is the one which can produce the naked images. And it's already been trialled. I think in Manchester or something like that. A lot of people say it's far too intrusive, but frankly, if it, uh, if it saves lives, then it's worth every single penny. And just in case you're thinking of going out tonight, seven people died the other night in Derbyshire's Hope Valley as the big freeze hit the UK. So if you're going out tonight, the advice is wrap up warm, don't take the push chairs, and, uh, oh, the Steel Eye Span star, uh, Tim Hart, died at the age of uh, 61. Gaudet Tay. I think was their big hit single. And uh, he died on Christmas Eve in Spain's Canary Islands, where he'd lived since retiring from the music scene. I thought, actually, that Steel Eye Span was still going. Maddie Pryor, I think, was lead singer of that. Then they joined with Ashley Hutchins, and they formed Steel Eye Span after they'd, uh, they'd been with Maddie Pryor in 1966. They did some folk songs of old England, and then they came back with Gaudete, which I think must have been the, uh, the biggest... Hit single that uh, they ever had. So he died at 61 the other day. Another one to add to our list. OK, what we'll do, we'll take a, a short break. We'll have a chat to James Max about what he's doing after the news at 10 o'clock this morning. 
And uh, I don't think, I wonder if he's going to do New Year's resolutions. That's what generally people do on New Year's Eve. And they start working out whether you're going to give up smoking, go on a diet, or just use the official half-price ticket booth in Leicester Square as opposed to some of the other ones who are not doing the official half-price ticket booth. OK, so more of that and more from the papers the other side. And I will remind you again about the Samsung 50-inch plasma TV and home cinema, which we're offering in our How Low competition, which finishes this coming Monday, which is the 4th of January. So details of that, get a pen and a piece of paper. If you're playing already, you know how to do it. But for new listeners, keep listening. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 10. Still to come, the How Low competition, the Samsung... I'll be glad when somebody wins it, to be honest with you. I feel like I've been talking about it for weeks. Weeks. It's the 50-inch plasma and home cinema, but don't go for it if you've only got a small room, because 50 inches, you've got to be a certain distance away from the television, otherwise your eyes go a bit funny. Okay. After news at 10 o'clock this morning, he's back, James Max, on this New Year's Eve. Yes, New Year's Eve. What a great day it is. Are you as unenthusiastic about New Year's Eve as I am? I just, the older you get, I think all you see it is as an excuse for young people to go out and get horrendously drunk. (laughs) And I don't see that as a bonus in this day and age. I quite like the idea of saying, you know, should old acquaintances, next year's going to be better than this year, but but the drinking side of it, I couldn't care less. I really could. You can drink any time. Yeah. But I never drink over Christmas. It doesn't bother me. No, you see, I'm quite happy to uh, not get involved. I used to go away, actually, Mm. Christmas, which I found was the best antidote for New Year's Eve, because I think in forced parting. There's something about it don't like, but I, funnily enough, going to be talking about that a, a little bit later on this morning. Um, before we get to that, though, another uh, part of New Year is those New Year's honours. So I thought I'd ask you whether or not the uh, national honours system has turned into a national joke. Well, it's, uh, it, it's easy to nominate somebody. You, you, can nom- you, you write into number 10, they've got an office there, and you say, I'd like to nominate James Max, or I'd like to nominate, you know, Skippy the Bush Kangaroo or something like that. And I think Skippy the Bush Kangaroo's got more chance got than I do. But chance, then it right, <laughs> was still living. And, uh, and then no, they, even they dead. Yeah, even as dead, he's going to sound more of chance. But that—that's how they work it because they can't. Some of the names in there, you think, why would you give something to Cressida Dick for goodness' sake? Well, absolutely. So, uh, going to be asking you about that. Uh, also, going to be asking about the VAT rise. That I think, uh, mm. judging by a number of uh, stories that are coming out, that uh, retailers are saying in big bold headlines, "No, we're not putting up the prices." But actually, you might have noticed some price rises over the course of the last few weeks because they've already done it. So they've already, they've already, because they don't have to say at the time, so what they do is they put the prices up over the course of uh, various months, mm. then it comes to Christmas time, they do a special offer or whatever, then it goes back to its regular price, mm. uh, and then they say, and we're not having price rises due to the, because they've already charged you, and they've been taking the money for the last few months. Because in New York, they, they show you the price, and then they go underneath 8% tax yep. over here... The only, the only reason I know it's going back up to 17.5% is I've got to put it on the invoice. <laughs> yeah. But I'm on flat rate, so I couldn't care less either way. It makes no difference to me. It's, you know, take with one hand and give out with the other. Well, I- exactly. So, but I think for, for many small companies, this uh, VAT mm. change is going to be uh, very, um, very difficult to implement. Also going to be asking you about uh, whether or not you feel guilty about the uh, stuff that you throw away. Because... Uh, like what? Food? Well, just everything. I throw food out that's gone past its sell-by. Really? Yeah. Do you, do you, are you one of those people who throws out a third of what you buy? Yes. Mm. Probably two-thirds. Really? I go shopping, and I think, right, I bet, they always say, don't go shopping if you're hungry. I know, best thing. it's fatal. It is you fatal. You start buying stuff, and I'm thinking, right, so the other way, I bought smoked salmon and everything else, thought, right, I'll have that, and I bought cream cheese and everything, and then I suddenly looked at the other day, I thought, 
Should have eaten it by the 28th. Oh. And so then, then it goes. it goes. It gets thrown out. It's dreadful waste. Do you ever, when you're going around the, uh, and Spencer shop, mm. do you, um, always go to the back of the counter so you get the longest sell-by dates? Because they do that. I do do that. I do, I, I, I do check them because most of their sell-by dates, unless it's something sort of long-term, are about two or three days hence. That's true. If so you're not you, careful, if you yeah. just grab the stuff off the front, if you're in a real hurry, you end it's up with something that's out, outdated tomorrow or yeah. today. And then if you have a little rummage around the back of the uh, freezer compartment or the fridge compartment, then suddenly mm. it's, it's a week. Yes. And also, I, I, I won't ever touch meat if it's gone not bright red colour. Oh, yes. It's funny, that, isn't it? I look at it, it's basically... think, it looks like it's gone off, I think. Oh, I take it back. Because at, at, oh, at certain shops, what they do is they not only give you, if it's gone off, they yeah. give you your money back and they give you a replacement. Really? Yes. Where, where's this? And Spencer. Do they? Yes, the other day I had some fish, well within its sell-by date, yeah. opened it, whoa! Smell it, yeah. yeah, and I took it straight back in, they said, terribly sorry, sir. They gave me my money back and they said, would you like to take a free replacement? Really? Yes! If you're listening, Bill, <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, I'll find something in the fridge. <laughs> and uh, also, going to be having a, a bit of a drinking hour as well. You're having a drinking hour? Oh, we're going to have a drinking hour. Yeah. I know. I'm Sorry, have a drink me. tonight, but to be honest with you, I, d- I just don't see tonight as being an excuse to have a drink. Oh, no, it's early night for me tonight. <laughs> early night for me as well. Because, of course, presumably you're on tomorrow as well. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. It doesn't yeah. make any difference at all. People go, oh, you've got to go out and get drunk. Why? What is this, oh, this no. thing that the British have got to do about drinking until you're completely inebriated? And, and particularly when you've got to pay three times as much as the normal uh, charges for the pleasure of it. Yes. I object to pubs that you've frequented all year all of a sudden go, oh, by the way, if you want to come in tonight, it's £20. You go, well, I shan't be drinking here ever again, will I? Absolutely. I hate things like that. It really does drive me mad. Also, tickets. You know, you can only come into this pub tonight if you've got a ticket. You've got bouncers on the door. I know. I, do, I, I find the whole, the whole way that people handle New Year's Eve is... It, it's a disgrace. And yeah. why people put up with it, I have no idea. Horrible. Well, because people want to go out and celebrate. Mm. But why you want to go out and celebrate with a load of strangers? I've got no idea. Oh, nothing worse than oh, and then when you when the bell goes and everything, and then they start coming over and hugging you. Oh, yes. When I used to work in discotheques years and years ago, did you work in discotheques? Did you just work in discotheques? Mm, lovely. And it was great because they, the management used to give you a big box of things to give out for midnight, like whistles and party poppers and all this kind of stuff, oh. and balloons. Why you want to sit there trying to blow a balloon up? I've got no idea. And you get to midnight again, and you'd have your sort of your, your party album on already for 10, 9, 8, somewhere, I don't know, 11, 15, 27. <laughs> you do the whole countdown, and nobody could care less. They go, should old, be for. People don't know the words. People don't know the words. And then they do all this stuff. Anthem. And then weirdos and strangers come up to you and start hugging you and, and touching you. Yes. Horrible. I don't actually mind the strangers. It's the weirdos I don't want to be touched by. Well, indeed not. There's so many of them out there, thank goodness, at this time of year. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? I thought it was an opportunity if you want to meet people. <laughs> Trafalgar Square is the place to go later on. There'll be loads of weirdos down there. Funny enough, I think I'll be avoiding that. Me too. But you yes. will see the aftermath tomorrow morning. Oh, yes, I'm looking forward to uh, dredging my way through as I yes. walk across Leicester Square. The, the pile of rubbish that, that... I've never seen like it. The rubbish that people take with them. Oh, it's disgusting. I mean, that can only be ri- rivalled by uh, where, we, where we used to work after the Notting Hill Carnival. Oh, disgusting. That was bad, actually. It was mm. bad. Broken bottles. Thank you. Thank you. James Max, we'll be with you after the news at ten this morning on LBC. So we'll be talking about those New Year's honours. You've seen who's, who's been... Ni- Why they gave to Patrick Stewart, I don't know. You know, apart from the fact he's a very nice man, I just can't think why there aren't people above Patrick Stewart who would have been honoured. You know, there must be loads of other people. But it's very interesting that you... Uh, that you're the people who can help nominate... 
which is good. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Try and weave in as many as we can before the uh, end of the programme. Uh, reduction VAT was pointless. It was a way to help business, says Bruce, and not customers, as it wasn't passed on in most cases. Looking forward to 2010. Please say hello to all at Bromley Education Business Partnership. I'm a voluntary business ambassador. We help local schools in preparing students entering the world of work. Tough time for kids. Oh, I totally agree. I can't think of anything worse than a kid who's at school at the moment who hasn't done particularly well trying to get a job out there because uh, employers becoming far more, far more fastidious about the people, whereas when I was uh, getting a job, it was a lot easier. The amount of people who've written to me over the last few years saying, how do you get a job in radio? I said, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I There's no hard and fast rule. But years ago, it, it, was, it was a lot easier. Noreen says, all around my hat. Big one for Steel Eye Spam. Got to number five. Maddie Pryor was a St Albans girl. Local to... You see, I knew Noreen would know. I knew Noreen would know about that. And um, Stuart says, well done for your marathon broadcast session over the festive period. It certainly has been marathon. Actually, for everybody. For everybody. Christina says, happy birthday for my mum, Nikki, for yesterday. Also, my dad on Saturday. And Nan, Trisha on Sunday. Oh, a whole family there with, uh, with, uh, with birthdays. And uh, from Marion, who's going to the Russ Hill Hotel in Charlwood tonight near Gatwick. Uh, £49 for a five-course meal. Good music by a DJ until 2am. Piper at midnight. And then 39 quid for a basic double room. Sounds, that sounds quite good value, actually, doesn't it, really? Uh, discounted as we're a party of eight. Two daughters and partners and a couple of friends. Cheaper to stay than to get a taxi. Quite right, actually. Don't, don't ever drink, don't ever drive. And, in fact, if you, uh, if, if, if you can get away and afford to stay somewhere... I was looking at the uh, prices for some of the London hotels. They run into hundreds for New Year's Eve, but you get different things, I think. If you're suffering from uh, low back pain, says Robert... Go see your GP or me, an osteopath. Do not wait. Gadget and electrical stimulators are at best a waste of time. Do you know, I used to think strangely, Robert, and thank you for that, that um, people used to buy these rheumatism bracelets. These, um, what are they? What, I can't remember what they were made of, actually. But they, people used to buy these bracelets and they said, oh, that, that helps with rheumatism. And I never knew if it did or if people, um, or if people sort of... Um, just thought it was, and it was psychosomatic. It was like people who put magnets around their pipes to try and stop uh, the pipes furring up. It's a load of old rubbish. A friend of mine exposed it on the television once. He said, don't ever waste your time. You said the filthiest city in the world, Wolverhampton. Fifth filthiest. Where'd you get the information? The papers, Keith. The papers. Recent survey by, I think, Lonely Planet. Lonely Planet have just, uh, have just let you know that Wolverhampton is filthy. Mind you, I suppose that's only their opinion, unless people have been there on the, uh, on the wrong day. I quite like that idea. You can nominate somewhere. Hounslow, I'd nominate. Uh, Steve, Waitrose give you your money back, plus replace your meat as well. Well, the Beckenham store does anyway. And David says, I shall be in bed at midnight as I have to be up for work double time at five in tomorrow. Do they, they pay double time for tomorrow, do they? I thought it was only today. Uh, Sue in Bookham, thank you very much indeed. Janet, no, but I will be getting them today. And my twiglets. I love twiglets. Uh, I sent some gold off to one of the companies... They offered me £35. It took a, a letter to get my gold back. I then found a website about companies. They give you a, a... What they're offering you is scrap value. If you want to sell your jewellery, I wouldn't stick it in an envelope. I'd go to a jeweller. You know, go, go to a jeweller and say, how much is this worth? How much would, you know, you pay for it if you were buying it? And a lot of jewellers do, do buy stuff, but they're, they're probably doing exactly the same. They're doing exactly the same, which is, uh, which is selling it to, to Meltdown. Quarter to ten is the time.
with the travel, Joanne. Well, it's not looking too bad. Morning, everybody. 13 minutes to 10. The How Low competition finishes on Monday, 4th of January at 6pm. Uh, on offer for you, a 50-inch plasma TV and a home cinema in our How Low reverse auction. It's will be like having your very own cinema, because it's a huge television and a stunning surround sound, perfect for all those DVDs you were given over the festive season. person with the lowest unique bid will win. That's the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Auction finishes 6pm on Monday, and to play, what you could do, you just work out how low you think this is going to go. And then you text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send that to treble eight two one. So to bid one pound eleven, for example, you text LBC one 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 in a text, and then send that to treble eight two one. If you think it's eighty three pence, you text LBC eighty three and send it to treble eight two one. Competition finishes at six p.m. on the fourth of January. You must be over sixteen. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. And that's the same website that you go to and have a look at uh, all the pictures, all the snow pictures that you sent in, which are absolutely fantastic. They're all up there as well. Also, the presenters' favourite places in London. It's amazing, actually, a couple of presenters picked the, picked the same pra- place, so they must have been thinking about it quite hard. And, uh, and you can also find out about uh, all the other goodies which are offered. Some great competitions on the LBC website, so go and check those out a little bit later on. I love the story of a, of a landlord. He was so sick to death, Paul Swan. He, he, he runs a, a pub in a village called Metfield in Suffolk. He runs the Duke William. It's the only one in there. And he was sick to death of uh, people arriving just before closing time that he started locking up at 10. Because what they do, people stay at home, then they go, tell you what, let's go and drink at the local pub. So they were arrived there at 10 o'clock, just when he was sort of thinking about, we're just getting ready to close. And then they expect to stay there for a lock-in. It happens with a lot of pubs nowadays. So he, he decided that he's had enough of it. So he closed the pub. He said, that's it, I'm not opening at all now. And now there's a campaign to find new owners. Carpenter Dave Wareham said, it's a lovely little village and the pub was the hub of the place. Mr Swan says the pub's no longer viable and he wants to sell after three years. He said it's not a friendly village. We've had that before, haven't we? I remember a um, well-known radio presenter uh, moved into this little village which he thought was going to be absolutely fantastic and lovely. And when he got there, he said they were absolutely ghastly. Horrible people. Because I think they see people as outsiders coming in. Incidentally, for all those people who inquired yesterday after those pigs overturned in a lorry, what happened to them? There's a lovely picture in the mirror today of some of them grazing by the side of the motorway without realising that their fate is, I'm afraid, heading back down to the slaughterhouse, which is where they go. Uh, All this talk about drinking, says Miriam, it's almost as if it's compulsary. The remarks such as, oh, I'd love to have a glass of wine, are meant innocuously enough, but when people in the public eye keep an eye on it, it it seems like an attractive way to, to live. What is wrong with accepting the way you are without a drink and accepting others too? Now, the, the trouble is some people just like going out drinking, don't they? They're obviously quite happy going out and people fall over. As I say, that's why, you know, I wouldn't go out on New Year's Eve. In fact, every time I used to work, I never actually, uh, never thought about drinking at all. I was, I was about one of, the, uh, one of the sober people. But I used to watch people getting more and more drunk as the night went on. Sometimes it was, it was funny in its own way. But then all, all I kept thinking was, you're going to wake up with one hell of headache uh, tomorrow. Maria says, I'm going to stay in tonight listening to LBC with a glass of wine. Anthony Davis will be seeing you through. I hope he's better. I think he's. I haven't heard anything, so I'm assuming that he's going to be here and he'll be keeping you going all the way through. So when it gets to midnight, it'll be the race to find out who's going to be the first LBC listener 
who will be uh, through onto the airways. We used to do it for years ago. We used to have lots of people phoning up saying, oh, I want to be the first. I want to be the first person on LBC signing up. And over this weekend as well, we're going to find out who's on Celebrity Big Brother. As I said at the beginning of the programme, if you really believe the son's story that Vinnie Jones has been offered a million dollars to team up with Paul Gascoigne, they wouldn't put Paul Gascoigne in there. Might put that dreary uh, stepdaughter of his in there. But uh, Vinnie Jones could go in. He's not doing anything at the moment. As he could go in. Who else? I've got no idea. Lovely. Uh, be nice to find out. They're going to be talking after 10 this morning about all these awards which the government hand out. Uh, some of them you'll have heard of. Some of them you won't have heard of. But uh, now that Status Quo have got one, they're very pleased about it. A bit surprised, but pleased at the same time. They've scooped the gong for services to music as well as charity work. Francis Rossi joked, us, of all people. I'm not sure we deserve an award, but, you know, it's made up, he said, it's ridiculous. But Rick Parfit confessed he thought his wild past, fuelled by booze and drugs, meant he'd never get a gong. Perhaps they've forgotten about that, but they have sold 118 million albums. 118 million. I'm surprised they haven't given anything to Lembit Opic, because according to Kelvin McKenzie, Lembit Opic... Uh, was in the audience of the show Live at the Apollo. All smiles, because he's a bit geeky, I'm afraid. Uh, perhaps because he got the tickets for free, says Kelvin. He has, after all, plenty to laugh at. Mainly us, the fools who fund his lifestyle. Let me explain. Thanks to some good work by the journalist uh, Christian Geisin, we know that Mr Opic lived with his then-girlfriend, Sean Lloyd, while renting out his taxpayer-funded London home to his friend and party agent. Over seven years, he claimed 111000 from the taxpayer for what he told Commons authorities was his second home. Well, for some of this time, Mr Opic was living with TV weather presenter Ms Lloyd at her London home. In the first part of their four-year relationship, he barely used his property, which instead went to his agent... MPs, of course, are strongly advised to avoid subletting any part of the property for which you claim the additional costs allowance. Mr Opic, MP for Montgomery Shire, has insisted his arrangement was approved by the Fees Office. The MP has previously said that his claims were reduced by the same amount of rent he received from the person he rented it to. However, a significant reduction in payments made to Mr Opic is not obvious from his claims. And so it went through. Uh, Kelvin says he has a majority of just over 7,000. It would be nice if the voters of Montgomery Shire reduced that to nothing next May. Do you know, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody like him turned up in Celebrity Big Brother. I've got this horrible feeling there's going to be somebody in it who's going to absolutely drive us all crackers, I'm afraid. Because generally speaking, because this is the last Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, well, 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 I think. Uh, yes, I think it's the, uh, the last one. Uh, another one, Andrew and Dulwich. Don't be so ridiculous. Absol- I didn't even drink wine till I was 37. Absolutely ridiculous. And Goff Squetch, you know, honestly, you do get some thick people. It was G-O-U-G-H. I mean, you know, your spelling is a bit sad. So uh, definitely not, absolutely not, as you well know. Disgraceful thing to say. Uh, Jack says, uh, the New Year's Day parade starts at the Ritz in Piccadilly and goes to Parliament Square, not the other way round. Doesn't make any difference, actually. You'll see exactly the same parade, whether you stand in Leicester, if you stand in uh, Trafalgar Square or on Whitehall. They've turned it round for some reason, and I've got no idea where they're bringing them in from. Before, they, because there were so many bands, they could send them over the bridges and have them coming in. So they went further down Whitehall, and they were off down Burge Cage Walks. They had three different areas. If they're bringing in from uh, Piccadilly, I don't know how they're going to bring that in, because some of these marching bands are huge, absolutely huge. But wherever you go, go to Parliament Square, but it just means it'll take a bit longer 
We have to listen to the commentary a little bit longer from the people who were actually doing it. They'll probably have about six commentators and they'll, they'll tell you what's going on. Because they don't do a programme for the Newsday Parade. I've never seen a programme, so you don't know who's appearing. So you have to listen to the commentary to find out who's actually going to be there. But I can tell you, at least 15,000 young people from America will be taking place with the, uh, the marching bands. I do like reading Colleen Nolan's dreary column in the mirror. At the moment, she's trying to flog a, a fitness video... And she's been asked the question, I've got three kids, aged 13, 11 and 8, and I think we should let them have a tiny amount to drink on special occasions. My partner thinks they're too young. What's your opinion? And she writes back, although not totally of the opinion that Colleen might actually write all of this, I dread to think how many hours of experts' time has been taken up over the past few years debating this subject. I don't drink much myself, but I don't think there's anything wrong with an older teenager having one drink. This, remember, it's 13, 11 and 8. And this woman in Lancaster thinks they should have a tiny drink on special occasions. An eight-year-old. Small wonder there's people with problems out there. She says, uh, as long as they're aware of the dangers of alcohol, drunk to excess. I'm quite sure that Colleen and her family, bright as a penny. You remember, this is Colleen, who I think she was taking the oldest son. Was it the oldest son? I think it was Shane Jr. to uh, visit a prostitute. In, um, in Amsterdam, so that he could be initiated, initiated, whatever they call it, so that he could have his first sexual experience. So I don't think, and I wouldn't advocate giving an eight-year-old alcohol at all. Anyway, just about it for this morning. The other papers, very quickly, let me just quickly run through. The Guardian on the front page, the hostage freed after two years. And uh, this is Peter Moore, the other Peter Moore. And uh, they reckon a Shia cleric was freed as part of a deal. Sadly, and a lot of papers don't mention it at all, that the four men who were with him were tortured before they were killed. These were the uh, the bodyguards. Front of the Independent today, they've got uh, the, uh, again, the same Peter Moore story, and also Arise Captain Picard. Now to people who love Star Trek. Uh, and on the front of the Daily Telegraph, they've got the River Cafe couple who are leading the women's honours list. And this is Rose Gray and Ruth Rogers. You remember who started at the River Cafe? Jamie Oliver. He's done quite well, actually. Front of the Times this morning got exactly the same this time. Peter Moore, the IT consultant, abducted in 2007. And now they say he's uh, out, but the four security guards with him, unfortunately, were not so lucky. No doubt there'll be more on that story over the next few days. So you can have a chat to James after the news. You can talk about who should have got an honour, who shouldn't have got an honour, because there's loads of ones in it. Perhaps we should have given an honour to Jordan for services to newspapers, because she's managed to fill more pages, I think, this year than uh, than just about anybody else. I can't think of anybody who has actually managed to fill more pages, although having fallen out with Richard Desmond, I suppose that wouldn't have been her best move, so we'll wait and see what next year brings. Mary and Battersea went to a preview of Legally Blonde. Wonderful tickets, £10 each in the ticket lottery. Uh, only hiccup, slightly delayed start. Well, that's the trouble when you go to a preview. And Sheridan Smith, very good with her time meeting young fans. Lots of people wearing pink. I wonder why. So, Mary, thank you for that. So, lots of recommendations. Enjoy yourself. If you're going out tonight, stay safe. And uh, whatever you do, don't take loads of money and make sure you can get yourself home. If you're going to a restaurant, make sure you book it this afternoon. If you're staying in, you'll probably have the best night because you can stay listening to uh, LBC. Don't forget to check out the podcast later on. That'll be up there. Plus, of course, the blog. And if you go to lbc.co.uk, you can learn how to podcast. OK, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. John Warrington will be with us in the studio. Lord knows what state he's going to be in. Back tomorrow at six. Till then, bye-bye. James is next. <laughs>